Anime is a vast and varied medium, and if you're not already familiar, it can be daunting to find something you might be interested in watching. This is a podcast where three average anime enjoyers introduce their uninitiated co-host to their favorite anime touchstones, so he can join them deep in the weeds. This week we watched Martian's successor Nadesco, an anime which aired from 1996 to 1997, consists of 26 episodes, and was replaced by the Pokemon anime in its time slot. Wait, 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 really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh shit, I had no idea. <laughs> wait, it's, it, okay, this is a show that's much newer than I thought it was. The yeah. series takes place in the year 2196. Earth is at war with a race of alien invaders called the Jovian Lizards, because they come from Jupiter. A company called Nergal Heavy Industries designs a space battleship, the ND-001 Nadesco. While the ship is powerful and its crew consists of the top civilian experts in their fields, these individuals tend to have, quote, some slight personality disorder. The primary protagonist, Akito Tinkawa, was once a resident of Mars's Utopia colony. He escaped its destruction by the Jovian lizards and arrived on Earth with no memory of how he got there. He hates fighting and only wants to be a chef. However, he is constantly called on to act as a pilot of one of the Nadesco's humanoid combat robots. While on board the ship, Akito has more problems to deal with than just the Jovians. Nearly all the female members of the crew, especially the vessel's captain, seem to be head over heels in love with him. All he wants to do is cook and watch his favorite anime, Geki Gengar 3. The series features an energetic juxtaposition of comedy and drama as the characters engage in light-hearted antics in between facing the drama of war. Many of the characters are themselves anime fans, and there is often comparison between the campy, sanitized war of the anime within an anime, Geki Gengar 3, and the much harsher reality that the crew faces. Nadesco makes intentional references throughout the show to other popular anime in the genre, and intentionally includes a number of science fiction anime cliches, but turns these concepts on their heads by the end of the series. So I believe Nick was the one who put this one on the list. So y'all might remember at the end of the last episode, I was kind of struggling to uh, say why to be excited for this show. Um, But honestly, like, I still can't put it into words, but when I was watching this show, I was just really having a good time. Like, it's got a lot of ups and downs, and so much of what it is is sort of like built uh it is a a frankenstein show it is a patchwork mosaic of other like anime iconic touchstones but also like it's just kind of a fun time and there are a couple of little things that it does really well that i really appreciate and it just like if nothing else like okay i know we're going to talk about the pacing at some point but like this is definitely not as like overwhelmingly crunched as something like FLCL, but it also does not linger at all. So if it does something weird that doesn't land, we're already on to the next thing. At the end of the last episode, I really feel like it's going to be a setup to this show. Oh, watching it was not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds cryptic, but it'll be more explanation at the end. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we dive into the first episode then. We watched four episodes as usual. We watched episodes one, two, three, and fourteen. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> as one does. Episode one: To go like a man. So this was an opening episode. Uh, it just kind of throws you right into it right at the beginning. Uh, you get kind of a theme. Not really, because we're already in a battle with the Juvians. Uh, they don't explain they're from Jupiter, but they're flying around after escaping from a Omatia in space that opens up to show, obviously, <laughs> Jupiter. Uh, they're in a battle against the Earth fleet. Uh, is it the Earth fleet or the Martian fleet? Because they're protecting Mars, but I would assume that they're from Earth. So uh, they really it's the say. United Federation. I think it's just kind of like the group of planets that humans live on yeah the I, I believe the martian uh colonists are like it is an earth colony i believe um okay. so so like i they probably would have gotten into things about like no martian taxation without representation uh if it wasn't for the fact that suddenly a space war broke out <laughs> the juvians are coming to attack mars for reasons i'm assuming are explained later but we really don't know just really angry because they fly around in weird bug-shaped machines, and yet are called lizard people. Neither here nor there. Uh, uh, defense force puts up as strong as a fight it can. Uh, it really doesn't work out because the lizard people have a laser that's stronger and can somehow bend lasers around them against the other fleet. Um, the defense fleet, with the exception of the big ship, I'll blow up. The big ship's like abandoned ship. We're gonna just ram into the Tomatia, which works. Bring it down. And Q going to Mars, where they're all really upset because they're fighting above their head, as anyone would. Got a cute moment where our protagonist Takeda is with a girl and a little girl, and the little girl with gigantic eyeballs gives him fruit. They're all happy until boom! One of the bug things come crawling in. And as a way to fight off this bug thing, Akito grabs the local lawnmower, uses his tattoo on his hand, and the rock on his necklace to drive this bug into a wall. Everything I, I, is. I don't know what? why they show the necklace there, because, like, the... <laughs> Serves no purpose! All the episodes we watched, to me, it's like, oh, yep, that's cute jewelry, go you. I feel like the, the necklace, like, going in blind to this... I, I got a feeling in, in my fugue stake notes, I even put it's like, ah, it's a magic space necklace. Cause as he's dying, it glows. And then we'll talk about where I saw it again later. When oh, we get there. You know what? I, I got to add part to my notes because, uh, uh, in the anime server I'm in, we've been watching, uh, Nadia and the secret of blue water. And it's almost the exact same sort of MacGuffin necklace. I'm just going to write that down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So, Kido's all thrilled. He broke this robot. The people around him are cheering. Then who knew an invasion force has more than one insect man robot? Several others come in, and all Akito does is just, you know, help out. No, he's busy just sitting there watching people die. I would assume it's also including the little girl giving him fruit, because, boy, do we flash back to that an awful lot. Yeah, it's so, kind of like the 
a very direct, like, scientifically applied, let's give our protagonist some trauma. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yet still better done than the opening of Mass Effect 3, where Shepard just sees that <laughs> one kid in a hoodie. Shots you, fired. Um, Bob would tell you, there is a certain trilogy of games I have played multiple times over, hundreds of hours for each. I hope Sir, I got my magic rock. get an iron glove. I hope you got your well, listen. I'm also props to Bob for remembering that. Because <laughs> guess what I started replaying recently? Ooh. Oh. Uh, I, all, all I'll say is slight spoilers. She does not come back at the end of the series and ask you to pick one of four colors. <laughs> or one of three color, one of four colors, one of them being no color after a patch. Yeah. Quote, quote unquote, the impulsive color. Uh huh. Don't get me wrong. I got, I'm not saying it's a perfect game, but how dare you, sir? I'm just drawing. I'm just asking the questions. I'm drawing the parallels. That wasn't a question. That was a declarative statement. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, go on. The season ends, like Chuck mentioned, with his glowy rock, and we don't really know if he makes it out or not. He's the protagonist. He gets out. So shock. <laughs> it was some time later, uh, and we meet. Oh remember his name but he's a very horrible person uh, uh no he's not meeting of the planets pretty much they're we like what the we're gonna do yeah yeah i so i did not catch uh, his name he's just the big man no, yeah his name, mr. his name goat. is mr goat goal go 13 his name is gold goal 13 and try saying that <laughs> one time any speed i dare you mr goat Anyway, they are put on the task of getting a bunch of people together to fly their new ship. Uh, so we get a team. Uh, it's a team. We've got <laughs> an actress, a voice actress, a secretary who is quitting because, you know, she got another job, a robot lady, uh, a guy who is just... A man well, making a robot yeah, lady. A very womanly robot lady. Who apparently also do- wants nothing to do with his literal actual wife and child. Mm-hmm. Eureka, who I will name because she is probably the one we hear from the most. And Eureka's special friend. Which I say it that way, not for her sake, but for his. Mm-hmm. You mean friend zone coon? I feel so bad for him. The entire thing. It's it's alternate universe Mickey from uh, Utena. No, Mickey knows his place. <laughs> no, he does. And let me tell you, it, I can tell you right now, you really don't know Mickey. Because <laughs> oh. let me tell you, there's oh, a can of worms. I'm going to put the lid back on that one real quick. Yeah, all right. I'm sure, but I just, all right. So we got a team together that would not be on anyone's list anytime of anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's straight to Akito. We got an explanation of how he got out of there? No. No, that would make sense. Instead, we find out that he is a cook. He's a cook at a diner, I guess, where they're showing clips of the war outside. And apparently there is a war literally above their heads. Because Akito's freaking out because he still has some trauma from dealing with, you know, exploding big-eyed girl. 
everybody else there. Uh, he just stands there, unable to fry until he screams, then says, oops, I burnt the food. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone around is like, oh, that's not so good. So his boss lets him go after giving him two weeks pay. Oh, um, a note to the listeners, the English voice actor for Akito is, is the, it him? Voice, is the, the voice actor for Shinji Ikari, and that is all I am saying about that. It's the um, original it, voice actor. Yeah, the it, original need, voice actor. I need to know, do, do you got the sensor button ready? Um. I fucking knew it! <laughs> I'm sitting there listening the whole first episode, and I know I'm going to get a little ahead of where we're at in the show. But as soon as it was, it was there. Like you've got to get in the robot, or, or injured person will have to pilot. And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> except threw my chair backwards. Except a injured person wants the pilot. B he gets in the robot and runs away. So like you know, it's not the point. <laughs> The point is, like, it suddenly just my brain is like, oh, I saw God for me. But yes, so, carry on. So you answered that question for me. Mm -hmm. uh, cut to uh, Akito walking home. And he's just minding his, his own business until he gets hit pretty much by a couple people on a bike. Ends up being Eureka, who feels real bad, to be fair. And she spills all of her clothes everywhere, and he gets all blushy because he picks up her underwear. And Eureka somehow, after time, because I don't even think that they knew each other on Mars uh, during the attack, but she remembers him as a kid and is like, oh, you love me and I love you, and it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh it's a it's a whole thing. Welcome to like seventy yes. percent of her character. Yes, Eureka is yeah. very uh for the episodes that I watch. She's very two dimensional, which isn't a bad thing, mind you, because then you don't have to put too much thought into it. She's but like isometric. No... She's like two point five D. <laughs> she's okay. she's very aware of what she's about, and I, I, that is the most positive I think you're going to hear out of me about her. We, we will discuss about her further later because we do have other episodes to go through. But True. from this point right now, it's like, for me, it felt like a setup of we're going to be hearing about this over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, in this scene, uh, I, this is the first one where it always picked out to me. Um, this show is wild with its pacing. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like, this is a scene where, like, they they get introduced, they're like, oh, uh, I guess I don't know you. But then, like, like real time, like, less than a minute later, it's like, oh, he's caught up on what's going on. And now, like, the entire, like, arc of his character has changed. This show loves to, like, not linger a point. Like, this is, it is... Uh, this is show is not a slow burn at all. In fact, sometimes it is, like... There are there are points in the show, especially later, where like a like months will go by in a cut that is the same as any other cut in the show in a in a shot. Um, it just like t does no effort to let you know 
or, or do any like establishing shots to, to give you a sense of how much time is passing. So stuff just keeps happening. And, and I think this first one, like it, it, I'm glad they don't. After, after last week, you know, I'm glad that they don't linger on anything for, for too long. If, even long enough at all sometimes, but like th- that is just like, I think it leads to some of the up and downs of the show because like, there's like, Oh, sometimes you're appreciating that it is not dragging something out, but then also it's just like, Hey, we could have talked about that for another minute here. Hold on. What happened? Yeah. I'm going to lie. I, I felt whiplash for like the first in my notes. If you look at them, I think it's like the third episode where they mention a time frame, and I, I literally whiplashed my neck. Like, are you kidding me? So I will, I will say though, to your point, you know, we'll, we'll balance this perspective out. I appreciate that it does go that fast because until you get that reveal, it it does kind of do a, a good blending effect of just like, it goes fast enough. You don't stop to think about it until they give you something to think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. Uh, we see him realizing that he does want to talk to Eureka um, because he remembers that she was there when his parents died, which kind of annoyed me-ish. I'm trying to figure out what his motivation is because his parents died. That's why he joined the army, and then he has this trauma everybody else dying it's like you're really trying to load on a keto okay so too complex how much do y'all want me to jump in with like clarifying context from episodes we didn't watch you know me i don't care about spoilers or any any kind of thing because that doesn't affect my perspective on it and not to spoil too too much but we did watch episode 14 yeah, but but like even that kind of just goes over some of the info that like we get in these and a little bit past, but everything about that is like I really wouldn't call it spoilers. Like it is just like late premise, if that makes sense. I mean that's fine either way, regardless yeah. of what we're calling it or what what we're touching yeah. on. I'm I have no negative that's... feeling one way or the other. Bob, I'm willing to learn. Um, so uh. He he does say it out loud while he's like venting and biking. Um, I only know this because I've watched the entire series twice and these like first handful of episodes like five times. Uh, but like he, so his parents were killed in a uh a suspicious lab accident uh-huh. on the day that uh yeah. Eureka and her parents departed for Mars. They mentioned um, that one like second episode, and he's definitely like, "Hey, I think there's something up with it." I think like his parents were doing science for the military, and she's obviously a military family. So I think he's like, "Oh, you probably know something about this. This can't be coincidence." Um, and she yeah. doesn't know anything about it because she's totally oblivious. Yeah, I feel like they cover that in the episodes we watched from all three. Mm. Yeah, they do. Oh, oh, yeah, over time. So in the meantime, we see this crew come in. Uh, the episodes that we watched, you really don't get a connection to the crew too much, but you can appreciate their conversation. Don't really get a backstory outside of Rico and Akito. 
my opinion. There's there's characters to like, and they are great entertainment, but you know their background, you learn everything in this episode about them. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, like... So this show is definitely trying to be a Tenshi Muyo-like harem anime. Uh-huh. Um, in, in the sense of just that, like, a lot of these characters that they have surrounded the main character with you know, our, our crew, they are kind of there to be archetypes more than they are to be characters. Um, and even later in the series, they never get particularly deeper. They, they do end up like doing stuff and, and having arcs, but we really don't get more of their backstory than the little montage as they're picking everybody up at the beginning of the episode. Except Rory. And, we, we get a lot yeah. about Rory, which is good because she's the best one. She is definitely entertaining because she is so uh, very robot, I guess, mm-hmm. but not. She is a weird character that I appreciate. So they all load into Tedesco, uh, uh, and they see that there is a mech there because what good anime doesn't have a mech, right? Right. Right. Yes. Uh, y- yes. And we are introduced to Guy. Which is... Guy Ritchie? Yeah, sure. I know he has a full name. I call him Guy. Uh, A.K.A. Juro Yamada. But his soul's name is Guy Daigoji. Yeah. So, Guy is convinced he is the best pilot of them all. Shows off all of the fancy moves including almost falling over. He's clearly the comic relief. I'm here for it. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, you end up being attacked. And in which case, uh, you know, Akito happens to also be a pilot. He has the fun pilot tattoo, which we find out is a thing because uh, Uri has her own holographic tattoos. Aren't pilot tattoos? I believe they are technically different. Hers are for the computer interface. Which is weird because... No, she's not the pilot, though, is she? It's, uh... Oh, my goodness. I want to say the voice actress is the actual pilot. I believe you are correct. I I am not going to lie. This is the point where I had a real hard time because... in In the first episode and the second episode, I don't feel like I got a lot of names... At least, not that were clearly spelled out for me. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if it's not Akito, Eureka, kind of, yeah, or Rory, I guess because she looks so different. If you're not like, a character on the cover, you're not really getting it. You know, the full name treatment and introduction. <laughs> Everyone kind of had very ambiguous jobs. Like, we are here. What do you do? We are here. Mm-hmm. And that's they're there to just speak for five minutes and have their one liner and move on. Yeah, they're there yeah. to to be the peanut calorie and and make snide comments about everything going on. Which you know what, I do love it. <laughs> it doesn't uh, make sense, but I love it. So Kido just happens to fall in due to the battle and goes into the cockpit to join Guy. But I don't really feel like that matters too much, other than we see Akito can pilot because the Nadesco comes up and blasts the I would say monster of the week, but that's not really the case. But it's kind of the case. Uh, which is good. It's not not the case. I know, and one of the parts that bugs me is at the end, 
they celebrate that only five people died. Mm-hmm. Don't, I, mean, I don't understand why that's like, woohoo. Well, I mean, so considering it's like they're, they've been having all kinds of fights with these terrible lizard people or whatever, and losing entire cities and colonies. Yeah, like the, uh, the. You gotta look at it from a military perspective, Bob. It could have been worse. That's, that's true. And let me tell you, my notes are littered with, ah, accurate depiction of military fill in blank word. But, but from the, uh, the scene at the diner earlier, like, what that's trying to show is that everybody is, like, the, the, the UF is getting so soundly defeated in every battle that, Everyone's just like, oh, there they go again. They're going to get blown up again. So the idea that to only... be fair, they do sound very desensitized. Yeah, yeah. that 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 was very clear. And man, I'm like, oof. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's what they're going with. It's like, wow, normally we lose everyone, but this time we only lost five. Wow, this is the the Nadesco is the best warship that has ever been produced. It's the best warship since the Yamato two. Um, I, I feel like we do got to talk a little bit about, um, that fight because, uh, it's like dirt, like Akito falls into the cockpit a, because the guy asked him to get his Geki Gengar three action figure out of the cockpit because he brought it with him into his robot, like That's a teddy does. bear. Oh, yeah, I love it's like a little dash hula dancer or something. You know who guy reminds me of? Hoban Washburn from Firefly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like he like once he's in the cockpit, everyone's like, "Oh, we gotta launch the robots!" And Rui's like, "Yeah, one's already launching." And so they bring Akito up on screen, and they're just like, "Oh, what? You also thought that the best thing to do was to send the robot out as a decoy to you know give the ship time to spool up the engines and launch?" And he's just like. What? No, I was just running away. I don't want to bother with this war stuff. I have PTSD. Um, but then he ends up, it turns out, running away is the best strategy for being a decoy. And yeah, it gives the ship plenty of time to come out of the water and just end the fight with one big blast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, um, I gotta say, okay. Or it, this will lead into the fight, so go with me on this journey. When we met, Admiral Nepotism, her father, your mm. Eureka's father. I call him that because of kind of what we learn in the next episode lead, led me to believe, you know, maybe someone got his daughter a job. Um, and also, I gotta, I gotta really say, I have a problem. I got a problem with him. Okay, just one. Many, but we're we're gonna go with the biggest one. I've got a problem with, and it's it's that he's a sex pest for his own daughter, kind of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm not gonna lie, this this made this very hard to watch. Like anytime he came on screen, I I had to struggle not to just like I'm turning this off now. Yeah. But but that being I said, I forgot about that. That's right. And I yeah, I was I was going to ask about that. Does that translate differently, Joe? I don't know if you watched the dubbed or the subbed. Uh, no, I watched the dub. I, didn't I will watch let the you Japanese. know. Okay, so peek behind the curtain of how I'm I watch this. Guessing I, there wasn't, it's not a translation error thing. I watched the first episode on Crunchyroll before I realized that the link you gave us, uh, Nick, get, led to the dub. I didn't read that part of the link. Full okay. disclosure. I was like, oh, I know it's on Crunchyroll. I'll watch it. And it does not translate differently at all. Mm-hmm. He is very proud of how endowed his daughter is. 
And that being the first thing he, or kind of like the biggest thing he talks about, I'm not going to lie, really hurt this for me. But that, I didn't mean to get on that tangent. The tangent I'm trying to get on is that he, he talks to her and she is, you know, sweet as a cinnamon roll, personality wise. But I, I guess she's, I've heard it put this way, pure of heart and dumb of ass. Uh-huh, okay. And, and I, and I, I, we're getting to why this is relevant to the fight because when Akito, when, when not, when legally distinct Shinji falls into the robot, you're gonna be my white knight? Like, man, that translates differently in the modern lexicon. <laughs> uh, but it's like, you're gonna save me, you're gonna protect me. It's like, oh my, and like, you're, you're the only one in the room that doesn't get what's going on here, do you? <laughs> Aren't you? Okay. So, you know, like I said, she knows what she's about. She, she knows what world she lives in more or less. And it's her world. And more power to her. But her, like, totally misreading this situation does somehow tactically work for her. Uh-huh. And I got, I gotta give credit for, you know, failing upward, but being act, genuinely, actually, positively successful doing so. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, like when you say, you know, nepotism is probably involved, like A, absolutely, but B, like they try to do the thing where like she is uh, when she went to, you know, Captain Academy, she graduated like top of her class and she was undefeated in simulated battles, which is like, OK, so she's valedictorian, but also sh- this is her first time actually commanding a ship. Um, I need you to tell me because this is the only part I need to know. OK. Did Daddy rig the scores? No, there was at one point, uh, I forget which episode it was in, but they're like, oh, what do we do? And she just like completely rattles off like a tactical plan. And I saw that, and I'm like, and I guess part of me is like, yeah, sure, okay, that's legit. But there's enough, like what we kind of get where I came to the conclusion of Daddy Nepotism in episode two. Let me believe, you know, eventually monkeys and typewriters and Shakespeare so it's, it's one of those, like, I, I can't tell. I want to believe because of the way they're setting up and what they showed us. Yeah, she's actually there, but then then her father no. undermines all of that in my <laughs> for me in my viewing of this. If it was that kind of thing, I definitely feel like if he was being, like, full-on nepotism, he would be the kind of dad who, like gives her like a reserves position so that way she can be a like have the notoriety of captain but also not be in real danger because he's like oh my my precious little daughter well endowed I mean, as she fair. may be but um that that's actually and one I, of the things that i like I about this well, one of the things i like about the show is that like a lot of people actually have like for as waka waka and you know dumb as people are when it comes to the relationship stuff because you got to add drama to your harem show as like you do, yeah. When it comes to the combat and action scenes, everyone is pretty well, like, competent. Like, Eureka is definitely, like, like two-faced about it because she is, you know, living completely in her own world and her own delusion when it comes to her relationship with Akito. But then as soon as it's like, what do we do in this fight? Like, everything about her changes and she's just, like, pure competency. Um but, like, even Akito, like, he is trying to run away and is just, like, arguing with himself about, like, why am I still here putting up with this? But also just, like, taking out Jovian drones all the while. So it's just, like, mm. like some of the reason why I, I would say they luck into tactical advantages. But I think 
it's not so much luck so much that like they are lucky that they are co- they are all competent enough that even when everybody is sort of like misunderstanding everything they're still competent enough to get victories which i i like a good competent character I, oh yeah i do i i like a competent character that you know when it's depicted and i'm, I'm going to use a perspective here when i when what i feel is depicted well I, it's just like i said there, there's just enough in the setup of all of this that may that undermines my ability as a viewer or undermines my the suspension of disbelief as a viewer to to fully say like okay that's what it is just because i'm not sure again we'll address it in episode two there's there's enough set up there for me to say like mm, i now feel like i need to doubt certain things but again that's that i will also say we can totally blame that on the fact that i am that kind of viewer that is enjoys a show where it's like ah but not everything is as it seems and oh maybe everything you know what what do you mean everything we knew wasn't real real ah yeah so i i won't lie it those same things play to that in me of like maybe that's what it is and ah this got more interesting so, like I said, it, it's just really hard for me when I see those. I, I, I'm not trying to slam it, but it's just like I, I start. You can't help but think about it. Yeah, I can't help yeah. but analyze it and start to over. I'm sure overanalyze it as a result. It's like, so, hey, hey, listen, I can empathize completely with that. Let me just say, yeah, <laughs> I figured if anyone could, you would. I get where you're coming from because for me, this episode really downplayed Eureka for me, and I really don't know that I got on board with her the entire time. However, I think she's smarter than what we give her credit. She's and I a think, stampede. And I think no, that oh, she just has no emotional intelligence. And I think where we put a lot of the issues with her outside of this Akito problem is anytime she has a scene with her father. Yeah. I think our yeah. problem is more with her father, not with her. And I, I'm I'm willing to say that's probably it. I, I'm letting the daughter be burdened with the sins of the father, being who he is. Um, but it, it's it, it's one of those like I've only seen to, to that point like an episode and a half, and I'm like, don't know. So because I, I'll tell you in my notes if we look at them, and for one, it's like I I do feel like I give her credit into like falling backwards into an amazing strategy that would work and makes perfect sense to me. So. You know, before the doubt button really started to set in. So, uh, um, if, yeah. if if it um, interests anybody, like the way they actually go with that um, is, and, and we'll get to this, but like this show loves to sometimes just flip the way too dark handle. Um, but like mm-hmm. what what they do a couple of times with her is they actually go into. Um, they, she is constantly this thing about like, oh, why doesn't Akito love me as much as I know he loves me? Like they're always doing that, but they also love to give her layers of like, hey, you are captain of a of a battleship during wartime. You have to make choices when there are no good decisions. Like that's going to happen. Like two episodes from now is like a super dark decision. Like the kind. The kind of scene where it's like, are we going to do A or B? And then they do a shot with no sound, but you see her mouth move. And then you can tell by the action which one she went with. And you're just like, oh, shit. Um, They do want like that kind of heavy scene. Uh, And then they actually do a lot about um, sort of like 
those choices weighing on her and that adds a level of complexity to her character. So it is, it is not yeah, that, a little bit of that gets shown in, in 14 in the clip show when they're looking back mm-hmm. and stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that they, they do some interesting stuff with her and her like naivete in captain hood, but it is, it is usually around the, like the moral weight rather than anything about a uh, uh, tactician uh, okay. credibility so it, there's there's it may not be what you what you're expecting from this setup but there's something there at least to chew on fair and thus is episode one i will say i appreciate that she brought her teddy bear into war with her mm-hmm. oh you gotta you gotta have support also, I'm going to circle back. I'm I'm calling bull because again, we've only watched four episodes. I have not seen a lizard once, and those big bad beetleborgs they attack with absolutely do not look like lizards. Okay, so I think the reason they're called lizards is because it's a direct nod to Macross. Okay, okay, so we're intentionally misidentifying them for, yes. for the point of the reference. Okay, okay, that that helps because I think I think in Macross they do the same thing where like. At the start of the series, you're just fighting, like, the unmanned drone sent because of, you know, speed and relativity and such. Mm -hmm. But when you finally meet the people, I believe they are, like, green-skinned aliens in that show. And so it's just like, oh, lizards, got it. Mm. Um, I believe. I haven't watched all of Macross, or at least not in a while. That's fair. I just, like I said, it was was one of those, like, I'm like, yo... Y'all are actually humans, right? Y'all know what lizards look like. We haven't gone far enough in the future where lizards don't exist, right? <laughs> we haven't, like, completely wiped out that whole spectrum of life on Earth. Also, by the hey. way, uh, Joe, does Jovian just mean from Jupiter? Jupiter, yes. Okay. Uh, Jupiter, uh, also I'm... known as Jove, was the Roman name for the uh, Zeus. Head, of, head of the gods. Um, so that's where you get, like, by Jove. Oh. I took Latin. I knew that. <laughs> go to, Congrats. Go I to took French. I Listen, go to I didn't Jupiter get to, to get less stupider. <laughs> Listen, I I didn't have a choice. It was a Catholic school, and they didn't offer anything Ooh. interesting. Yeah. Listen, there's a reason the name Maverick sticks. Yeah. Um. Okay, episode two? Episode two. Leave the blue earth to me. So this episode opens up with a meeting of Nurgle. Uh, but we'll get to it. Don't worry gonna, about it. Yeah, they're going to send Nurgle to Abu Dhabi. Don't worry about it. Yes. So we have Eureka's dad, whose name still eludes me. And Admiral Nepotism. Yes. And he has a good buddy, the chief from Mulan, if you remember, the emperor <laughs> sidekick. Uh-huh. Uh, they're all together because they would like, and I didn't realize this, that the Nadesco is not part of the military. Right. Yeah, that was kind of glossed over. So, it, Nergal is Nergal Heavy Industries. They are a company. They are the ones who created the Nadesco, and they are the ones who currently have ownership of the Nadesco. So the guy with the weird, like, purple bowl cut who looks kind of like the narrator from G Gundam uh, in outfit, mm-hmm. that guy is, like, 
an accountant or a representative from the company. And that is why he is the one who picks up Mr. Goat, the big man. And together they go and pick up the rest of the crew is because like he, he is a company man. And yes, they are, they are unaffiliated with, apparently they're, I imagine they like contract with the military on occasion or something. Like they seem like they have some sort of. Yeah. Which I think is what this episode is about. Is there, there is some issue of like, there was a contract to get government like design assistant or something, yeah. but then they were going to be uh, left independent. And then the military is like, but what if you worked for us instead of being independent? Um, but yeah, it, yeah. What do you mean the military robbing civilians of, you know, their own developments? What? But doesn't Yuriko's dad say that he supports this? Because he ends up going out to try to get them. Um, I, I forget if it's more the second episode or this episode, but there's definitely, like, conversation within the UF uh, talking about... Should we just shoot down the Nadesco or should we try to capture it? And it I think, was in three. Okay. Because I, I know he definitely supports capturing it because A, he right. doesn't want to shoot down his own daughter, but B, uh, everyone loves to say, like, oh, the Nadesco is like the best warship that's ever been built. It would be a shame to destroy it when we could use it on our side to turn the tide of the war. We Military likes the civilian toy. <laughs> the military wants to steal the civilian toy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I would say it's not so much that he's – I'm sure he's for it on like a military level, but his real issue at this point is like, yes, let's capture it so I can get my daughter back and she doesn't die. Yeah. Because I'm sure he's – and things that will happen in episode – is this episode or episode three? Um, lead me to believe that he's fully aware of if he doesn't do this, she will be in the line of fire even though it hasn't been said yet. So, um, yeah, I, Nick, I gotta interject and ask real quick. Okay. Because you're referring to Nergal, uh, because of the, and also obviously different pronunciations everywhere across the board. Yeah. Was this after Ava? I, I'm not sure. I, my guess is yes, but this is a question for Joe. Typey, typey, typey. Oh, I was going to say, Joe, same question. <laughs> Ava was 1995, so it was one year before the show. The logo, and, and then when you're pronouncing it, Nergal, I'm like, uh-huh. I, right? Uh, mm. and also, this is where I'll just get it out of the way for Bob. Um, Bob, I'm going to tell you right now that a lot of 40K fans are not going to mis- appreciate how we're mispronouncing Nurgle. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, all, all none of them that listen. There could be one or two. You don't know. I mean, there could be one or two, in which case, hey, how you doing? Um, but. I, no, I, just, I would not like to buy models. Thank you for asking. <laughs> no, but I'll talk to you about your paint tips later because I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm on the I, hobby aspect. But anyway. I only the know them as the, the Sumerian deity, but okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, that's where they're pulling from. Go yeah, figure. I, I <laughs> yeah, he, it's a whole thing. But just as soon as I heard Nurgle, I'm like. Oh man, the 40k fans are gonna be upset you spelled Nurgle wrong. <laughs> but no, that's that's it really. But Keto comes home. Uh, well, Keto comes home. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Keto comes to his senses anyway because he does not want to be a fighting pilot. Uh, he'd rather be a cook. He feels that's his strength. He left the army because you know the whole issue that went down with Big Eye Girl. So okay. Um... 
he never was army. Uh, was he? Oh, no, the... civilian. I guess because he was just stuck oh, in the cave with the. He had uh... his forklift license. That's what the thing on his hand is. Basically, oh. yes. Like the 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 same interface that all the mechs use is also used for like civilian purposes. Um, but with a war going on, everyone assumes that he is a yellow, uh, you know, fighter pilot. But Coward. um, I or it may have something to do with, because yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about it more in episode three. But um, yeah, he he was he has always been a civilian. He's not actually a deserter. Oh, so he's happy. Okay, so he's happy being a cook. And even Guy would be happy for him to stay a cook, even though a cook flies better than Guy, according to everyone else. <laughs> well, he uh, didn't break his own leg before entering battle, so... Yeah, so you ever pilot something so wrong that you broke your own leg? And he, he walks on it periodically because they reference him not using his cane. Uh, yeah, that fucking killed me as someone who has broken their feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a laugh out of that. Uh, the fleet, uh, we queue over to them. They've discovered that there's an underwater Tomatia that they need to take care of. Uh, we once again flip over because Eureka is still convinced that Akita loves her. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to go talk to him. Akito is kind of busy. He's getting out of the shower and he really doesn't want to bring up and talk about it. But Eureka does have her own key because she is captain and comes in and they just have this whole conversation. I think they discuss how his parents died, if I recall. Yeah, they also discuss something else, Bob. They discuss a couple of things here. Because Where do we, we want to start? Know, as we all know, Eureka. Eureka. And let me tell you, it wasn't until I switched to the English dub that I realized they're, Eureka? they're going, yeah, they're going for Eureka. Eureka. That also pissed me off. Yeah. Oh, that made me so. I, mm, let me tell you, I got so mad. I walked away when I was watching like that. When I switched over to the dub, I'm like that's what it has been the whole time. That's not the point. The point is, as we all know, Eureka is the model of professionalism <laughs> and diligence and respect. So when she walks in on a naked crew member, only to then turn around, sit down, have tea. I'm assuming with him and say, "By the way." Nice piece you got there. Um, <laughs> well, so, so A, she takes after her father, but B, yeah. like, this is the second walk in while you're out, just out of the shower scene in just as many episodes. Like, and yeah. I, I'm actually gonna, I, I wanna place that at the feet of this doing the harem show thing because that is absolutely generic harem show waka waka take on comedy is the like whoop you're naked oh i see you oh no like and and even the um the scene where uh they pick up all of her uh suitcases it's like the panty thing right there like that is a the that is a tone of humor that is going to keep coming back because this is this truly believes itself to be a harem comedy show, and so it is going to keep doing that humor. This, yeah, let's say that. God, I just realized the sentence I'm about to say and how it could be interpreted. Oh, I can't the, wait. The DNA of Tenchi Muyo is all over this. I'm just going to say. Yes. Um, amongst other shows, too. Interpret yes. that as you will. And it, it shows with this. So, I, and I say this having watched and gotten through all of the various. 
original tension, I say original tension series, the, the first three and their films. Um, I, this is one of those, I feel like they're trying a little too hard. And, yes. and that may also be what they're going for, which I can see that being the case, but it, it's one of those like, I don't, it, it's just enough for me to say, I just, it, it puts me in that like, iffy if I can tolerate it or not, as opposed to just saying, ah, this is what you are and you're aware of it. It's like, well, this is what we are and we're kind of pushing a little harder on it. Is it they're trying too hard or is it that they are doing it just to do it? Like they're doing it to like tick off. That might be. And that that might be because when you say it like that, it's like, I could kind of see that being more the issue. It's like, haha, we have to make the joke here. And it does feel very forced, I guess is what either forced, way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well cause just looking at it in terms of like, when you put that together with all of the other shows that this show is built out of references to, and when you consider the pacing issues and like this show doesn't know like which beats to stop and linger on really very rarely does it correctly do that. It's just like it, it is whipping past as though it is going down a checklist, not telling a story. And that might be, I think, where the whiplash I was experiencing is coming from now that we're kind of delving into a little bit. It's like, it does feel like we're just checking off a lot of boxes. And I I have never been a big fan of that. Yeah. I, I think I think that's why this was part of like a or that was part of why this was a hard show to like pitch enthusiastically because there is a lot of things about it where you're just like, oh, this is this almost feels like a, a an off brand version of all of those shows you love for for like it definitely has a lot of moments in itself that are enjoyable. And like, I don't know, this show almost think that this show is the Simpsons of mech shows. Because it's just like if if you if you don't know stuff like Getter Robo or Tenchi Muyo, if you somehow managed to miss those, but you saw this show, they are just doing it, and you could be like, oh, it's like that thing from Nadesco. Like they they do it fully enough that you, that you like could understand it from here. You know, I I was actually gonna say when you said The Simpsons, I was gonna say this is just like a lesser Futurama for anime. <laughs> oh, interesting. Because it's it's playing on all the tropes. Yeah, but it's it's instead of just kind of playing with them and having fun, it's more like, no, no, we're throwing this in here now. We're gonna jam as many as we can that we can say we did them. It's jamming the tropes, not really exploring the tropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's no commentary on it. Yeah, it's just do the 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 worst example of that. We get a glimpse of it in episode fourteen, so we'll talk about it then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, you know the one. You know the one. Continue, Bob. I'm sorry to have derailed. It's fine. Uh, so we go through this entire scene with Eureka and uh, Kido. Only to, once again, flip scenes. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, I'm totally skipping over everything. No, no, no. I did just one last thing about that, which I thought was kind of important. Because, like, Joe, you said earlier that uh, Eureka has no emotional intelligence. But she says, like, the smartest thing right here, which is... Uh, if you're mad about something, talk it out instead of just closing up and letting the anger like simmer. And I'm just like, wow, that is the first thing she said that is actually true. Yeah. That's all I had. Gotcha. Uh, we skip up to the bridge because, uh, Rika's dad's there with, uh, Oh, I think prospector. They call him the prospector. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the company guy. It's with them. And they explain, hey, just so you know, we have a plan here, and it involves taking the Nadesco back. And there's a bunch of other guys here who apparently have been there all along, and they capture the new crew, which is the captain, all the girls who names are totally relevant except for Rory, who is the one I remember, mm-hmm. uh, the keto guy, everyone, and they put them in the kitchen. So nobody puts goat in the kitchen. I I believe this old crew, the uh, bull cut man, uh, they are UF forces who were basically manning the ship while it was under development. Okay. So they're kind of mad that they were getting kicked out by now the crew that the company has put together and said, no, this is going to be the crew with uh, Eureka and, and all. I'm, you know, I'm glad you said that. Cause honestly, my take was these were plants. They were there to ensure the ship got back to the military. I, I really thought we kind of had like a hunt for red October kind of thing going on. Yeah. That was my thought as well. I, I, I think if they weren't like leaving during a battle with the Jovians, they were they would probably have like fought more and gotten them off the ship first. But because there was an emergency launch last episode, they were still hanging around in the vents and whatnot. So we split into two scenes at this point. They're concurrent, and we kind of flip back and forth. So I'm just going to talk about them yep. separately. Uh, Eureka's with her dad, and. He is so doting, it's almost sick. Mm-hmm. Like, almost? I don't, I don't know what's going on with this relationship, because I feel like he takes advantage of him in a way. That's where her military mind... This is where I can forgive her. It's kind of like a turning point for me with Eureka. Uh, hmm. She's... Because she's a fully aware that her dad is trying to be... Know, taking advantage, not of her, but at least of the situation to get the Nadesco back. Controlling. Yeah. And he thinks that he's being all, oh, you look like you've lost weight, and all sorts of really weird stuff. But she's almost letting it happen. That makes sense. I don't she's interpret the, into it. I don't interpret the scene as Eureka being naive, or that she is uh, using the situation to her advantage. At the I'm, same time, yeah, they, she says so much later. It's just like, oh yeah, no, you you were never intending to negotiate. You just played like you were going to. So you come and ask me questions for for your own ends. Dad, I see you. You a liar. I really do appreciate Eureka post watching this. Hmm. And then we have everybody else who's kind of relevant in the kitchen or the whatever kitchen. And as a way to entertain themselves, Guy has brought his own DVD player and DVD to watch his favorite anime. He keeps the box set and Blu-ray player on his, like, you Batman-style utility belt. He doesn't carry a pistol. He carries a box set of Gekiganker 3. Nerd! Oh, my God. Love I'll this dude. Say, nerd! And you, you have he- your favorite... You have your favorite line of uh, don't stay angry. For me, it's uh, the voice actor saying don't judge a movie by its poster. Mm -hmm. Because they start watching Gucky Gengar 3. And um, it's hard for me to explain 
with words because words sometimes can be elusive. Mm-hmm. How much I truly love this part. <laughs> this is probably of the episodes we watched, my favorite scene. So much unintentional fourth wall breaking. So many pokes at tropes that even I know thanks to this podcast we've done so far. It's just so appreciable. Uh, so they I, really have to yell out the attacks. Is it uh, voice activated? Mm-hmm. Yep. All the different things. You're like, hey, I see what you're doing there. For me, as a very casual watcher, I enjoyed. Let me let me let me tell you something. It's all completely intentional. Like the the existence of Geki Gengar three is going to be like more essential to the plot than you could probably guess. Hold on. I gotta do the thing from the review of episode one. I fucking knew it. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks to uh, all of their shenanigans, Makito uh, is able to get to. I don't even know how they really escape, other than uh, Goat was dual wielding SMGs. That's all I know. That's right. He's able to get into the robot while Eureka and Prospector go their own different way. I think to the bridge is where they're working their way to. And Akito gets in the robot and goes to take off. Uh, he's doing his manual release, which just means he leaves the ship. <laughs> it's a fancy way of saying it, I guess. Well, you know, the, guy. the, cat, the oh, catapult is offline, so it's just like, all right, manual takeoff. That means run and jump. <laughs> he used his super skates to help him out. <laughs> oh, I love it. And all this is because the Matias attacking. And so, interestingly to me, it's fun watching Kito try to pilot his mech, which I know it has a name and it's eluding me. It's an Estevalis. Ah, bless you. I, I, thank you. I am actually a super big fan of the uh, Estevalis line, um, and I would kind of like a model kit of the artillery frame. So the Estevalis is shown just going down deep into the water, Keto yelling at it to go up, and eventually it shoots up in the air and goes back into water, and everyone else thinks this is some strategic move by Keto to distract the tomatilla because it's attacking with vines as random does this is my favorite scene and guy is like i'm gonna help you out because of course guy is he is the best of them all and has his own uh robot which you know we never saw or knew about until just this point you didn't need to know it's okay yes out of convenience if you squint look behind there you're like oh in the shadow kind of maybe anyway Guy joins the fight with what, in my opinion, looks like a superior fighting robot. So, okay. Uh, if you can make out what the uh, lead mechanic guy is yelling as Akito is running for manual takeoff, he is mm-hmm. saying the Estevalis is still configured for ground combat, not ah. aerial or water. That's why he keeps falling back into the water is because uh, it is not set up to be flying right now. So the one that guy comes out with is the aerial, the, one. Is the aerial configuration. Yes. Oh, I, it's so good. 
It's I so need, good. I need to say, Haruka watching this whole thing with, with the walk on her head and her weapon of the broom. Yeah. Watching this happen on the 2D screen, a la Super Mario, yeah. is my favorite point of the like, Oh, wow, this is just really bad for you, isn't it? It's like, this girl gets me. <laughs> but again, like, little- he's, he's surviving. He's not getting taken out by tentacles. He is, he is managing when That's he is going severely. Uh, uh, at a disadvantage. Yeah, I just, I, I just love that the the visual was just perfect, and she's she's just like, huh? She's so placid about the the unfolding of events. <laughs> just, like, oh man, to be so cool. So, little did you know, because we as an audience didn't know that you can transform using pods. Oh no. Right, so the the sort of like cockpit of the mechs is the sort of like ejectable. Yeah, the lung section right under the head. So yeah, like guy because he still has a broken leg has flown out with the uh the aerial unit, and he's just like, hey, we're gonna do the get a robo thing, and he ejects his cockpit so that Akito can eject his and land it in the aerial unit, so that that way you know the non injured pilot can have the proper suit for the fight. Oh, but, but we have to say the magic word. You have yeah. to say it. And yeah. I, I heard ground scratch. Yeah. Let, let me, hold on, hold on. I got, I, I intentionally put something in my notes for this that I wanted to read. Hold on, this is a report. No, no, no. Okay, episode two. Where are my notes? Okay, here, you see, Bob. When one mecha loves another mecha, they will cross crash into each <laughs> other and make a new mecha. Oh my god. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say it. Ground scratch. You didn't say it loud enough. Honestly, guy, it's just hilarious. Honestly, the whole time I was like, I was yelling, I was like, you're the reason we're all gonna die. Guy is the best hype man, though. Like, like, like that was in, in uh, the scene when they're captured. Like, like he, like, the whole reason he started showing Geki Gengar is just like, oh, you all are already feeling so defeated? Let me show you an anime that'll get you motivated. And somehow it worked. Or at least it worked on Akito because he's also an otaku. <laughs> it's going to yeah. turn out. I did love that they have that moment of bonding. It's like, oh, good. We're not just going to be enemies at each other the whole and, time. But this pretty much, they used the flying mech to distract the... Tomatia with vines long enough for the Nadesco to fly into the Tomatia and blow it up from the inside. Mm, the Chalupa Supreme. You keep calling the Bisco Nadesco, and I don't appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> They're not it sponsored ends... yet. We can't say that. Oh God! It ends with the uh, end of a cutscene with Kun, 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 Kun. June? At the end, friend zone Kun. Uh, yes, him. Tails. Kind of staring off into space, looking sad. Yeah, that's about... actually... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> just talking about Eureka. Yeah, and... was like exactly what I said on my notes. I'm like, oh, we're just going to stare longingly. And it okay. makes me so annoyed. I'm like, can we just not have a love triangle? Can we please? Guess what? Oh, yeah, right. I... Be- because, like, she... He went over to the sh- the the Federation ship for the negotiations, and then Prospector and Eureka just left him behind. They just like, yep, just, like, later, left your kid at the supermarket kind of feeling. 
And you know what? I'm okay if they eject him out the nearest airlock. For me, it's only due to... I just don't want to deal with this trope. Mm-hmm. No, no I agree with you. That's why I want to eject him out the nearest airlock. I've got some bad news. I know. <laughs> yeah, the clip show already confirmed a few things. Mm-hmm. You remember how this, like, uh, smacks of Tenchi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, don't even know what Tenchi is. Don't worry about one, it, Bob. It's one more than nine chi, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get you back one day, Bob. Does anyone have any notes left over from episode two? The one scene change that was uh, when they're in the cafeteria and they're talking about Akito's past. And he's, like, looking dramatically into the cabinet full of all the meals. And the camera moves to one with the the, uh, hot dog weenies cut into octopuses. And it fades into the planet. I laughed out loud. (laughs) I I do just want to point out uh, your note, Joe, uh, that Eureka's dad looks like the Tekken man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know his name. I just know him as the, the dude from Tekken with the hair that goes like that and the mustache. Uh-huh, I yeah. completely agree as well. <laughs> you mean Heihachi from Soul Calibur 3 on the PlayStation 2 only? Sure. What an era. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Episode 3. Uh, episode 3. A goodbye that came too soon. Are you this ready to episode- cry? All the tears. All the tears. I feel like this episode is arguably the one that sets up the most that we kind of hook the future. Uh, we open with Earth being surrounded by, do you believe it, nuclear bombs. But they aren't bombs. <laughs> yeah, they are just setting up a force field. It's a field with missiles? Defend the planet by sprinkling some nukes up there. So, okay, they are nuclear-powered satellites, I believe is the idea. I don't think they are nukes. Nuclear fission-driven? Yeah, they're like mini nuclear power plants on each satellite in order to give it the power to uh, do a force field? The interpretation... Go ahead. The interpretation I get from later on in this episode is that somehow they're getting fed the power from the planet. Yes, they, they do say that. That makes no, no sense. <laughs> yeah, like are, are we just signal beaming this? Um, you need a really long extension cord to plug that thing in up there. Yeah, I'm just imagine uh, all the nuclear energy just being radiated from Earth to feed into these. <laughs> Well, no, because I think it's the electricity that they're sending up there, which, sure, you can make sort of, like, electric fields. Okay, I can buy that. I mean, I I don't know what specifically it's powering, but... That's kind of how the Estevaluses work, but we'll get to that later. I... I will say the the thing that really caught my attention about this description is again headline of my notes is nuclear defense is so good that they hit friendly targets. Mm-hmm. Undiscriminatory. Yeah, that's a good thing. What the hell? Which is funny because we know that like IFF systems exist because they're gonna say that that is why you need to get the the magic pilot tattoo. Yeah. Oh. Get an opening, and you know, theme song. 
And then we go to the meeting of the planet Earth, essentially. The entire Defense Force is gathered together. That's representatives of all the countries of the planet. Which I think it's kind of nice that they have that kind of... To understand where everyone's from. They show... A real uh, United Nations, if yeah. you will. <laughs> they, reference, they reference Japan. I... Then. I was it really like a from different nations or are they all the same army just they're different you know admirals of the regions yes I, yeah I, I think they're kind of doing a thing where it's like yeah any spacefaring planet it kind of has a, a one government thing right. that they must achieve first so I, 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 I do think this is basically like a United Nations but what if the United Nations had its own army yeah, I was going to say, this well, is essentially nice Starfleet Federation. minus the Federation, yeah. Yeah. Because this this absolutely felt like, ah, uh, I am the fleet admiral, you will all, all other admirals now report to me. And, uh, Eureka's dad's there, and he's being as inappropriate as ever. Uh, Eureka happens to also beam in because everyone's kind of talking about the Nadesco how it is this strong, and should they blow it up? Should they keep it? They aren't sure. And Eureka pops in, uh, kind of says something about how uh isn't sure everyone understands her, as everyone speaks a different language, and the president, or Commodore, or... But anyway, Admiral. Yeah, it's like, no, we, we understand you. And she's like, oh, okay, well, anyway, I'm going to do what I do. Later. Oh, good. Okay, bye. Yeah. Hey, could, you, much. could you turn She's the barrier dead. off for a minute so we can leave? Because otherwise, we're just going to break it on our way out. Just letting you know. We're going to circle back to that at the end, but I do want to say I do love that the fleet admiral's response is a, essentially or solution to all this is yes. Well, I know we're fighting a war for our very survival, but the real problem here is the Nabisco. We need to shoot it down. Mm -hmm. If we can't have it, nobody can. I'm like, man, and, and <laughs> points for accurate depiction of military incompetence. And Arika continues to get my respect because she is like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. There's no mm -hmm. WW stuff. There's nothing here. She's yeah. going against even her dad. She's just yeah. like, I do what I do. She's like, guess... laying out. This is what we're going to do. The consequences are up to you. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I'm going to start I... swinging my arms through the air like this. <laughs> and if you get hit. <laughs> and that's more or less how I read it. It's not. And again, it's the show has done a lot, like I said, to kind of make me question and on its part undermine any faith I had in her. So I really just read this as, okay, I'm just going to do this. Okay, bye. And, you know, it'll work out fine. Rather than, okay, I actually have a plan and I'm going to do this. I need you to all but, work with me. But I will say the presentation by her and her character also kind of robs it of that by intent, I'm sure. Well, we have a short bit of Guy and Akito watching her well, favorite anime. Oh, go ahead. Uh, but before we leave the last scene, um, this is uh, – I really want to point this out because – Especially last show talking about Utena and a couple of shows I've done this now. I, I bring up when a show presents a character who is gross, but I can't really tell if like the show is on the side of this person is gross or this person is comedy. I think this is a really good example of a show 
putting the gross thing and then saying, hey, we think this is gross, too, because Mm. we have this dad who has been, you know, talking sexily about his daughter in a really gross way. And what we have here is we have this scene where, like, he is standing up and doing this and we zoom out so that way we get the context of everyone else here thinks he is gross. There's no wacky music over it. Someone is calling him out on it. Like, really? Did you just say that shit? Really? Like this is, this is the show. Like, cause, cause you know, when you are, when you are creating a show, when you are making a piece of art like this, everything in it is a decision. So the idea like to show, to 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 pull the camera out so we get this context of seeing how the world is responding to him that is the show saying hey even in the world we are building we are showing we are we are choosing to show you that yes we also think that what he is doing is really gross and not copacetic even though we are putting him in here we are also sh- like so, sort of uh modeling a response for the audience because, you know, some shows will put the gross person in there, but they'll just let them say their jokes. I don't know why Deadpool comes to mind. That's I just don't like Deadpool. I don't actually know if it's that way. Um, but like you're not wrong. OK, um, but like to to say like, OK, here is a gross thing. And also in our show, we are going to show you people reacting to that because that is sort of how we think people would react to that. And that is how we sort of yeah, expect you, the audience, like it's the show saying, yes, this is gross. <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I've gone on a lot of bit about like, hey, there are ways for a show to do the thing and then also make a statement that the thing is bad. And I think this scene is an example of how that is done. And I, I didn't want to pass by that because... I, I spend so much time saying shows are, are not doing this when they could be, and here's a show that does. I you ready for a real tonal shift on me uh, regarding pacing? Sure. When it comes to a character like that, I feel like an immediate response is due. So even and don't get me wrong, three episodes is still pretty quick for any series in general. Hmm. But I feel like someone should have already dealt with him by now narratively. Again, that's me. That's my preference because I don't feel that kind of character should really be tolerated. Right. Um. But you know, but I I agree. I I do appreciate that they finally got around to saying, um, seriously, knock it off, dude. Um. <laughs> It, it it made me happy. I will say, for for some of my conflicted feelings to this point in the show, I'm like, okay, that's a major brownie points in your favor. Hmm. So we cue to oh, bridge talking about, and it's everyone but oh, I actually skipped over a guy into keto in the room. Yeah, that I love. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, you're bonding. Uh, once again, you get, I wouldn't say fourth wall breaks, but just references where you're like, yeah, like when Akito asks, why isn't the robot attacking uh, the people or the monster? And he's like, uh, guy tells him that, you know, robots are fighting robots and that's how it goes. You're sitting there like, okay. It's very self Giant robots are for. Yep. It's fighting giant robots, nothing else. Yeah. Uh, fourth wall kind of implies other stuff, but it's definitely doing like a self commentary on itself uh, and, and about it self aware. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, we flip over to the bridge and they're actually having a 
Sciency, thanks to Brewery, conversation about uh, how they're going to escape. And I thought my understanding was there's just the giant force field, but they're talking about breaking through seven different layers. Yes. Like a salad. Get out of there. A bean dip. So I want and... I want to I want to say it's something like it is not like seven layers of a force field, but it is like, hey, the first layer, the first line of the fence is we send out, uh, you know, interceptor jets. The second line of the fence is, you know, the satellites that shoot missiles, and then the last line of the fence is the big barrier. It's a layered defense. It's just it's not all just a shield. Yeah. Yeah. I b- I believe. <laughs> It's the wedge salad of military defense operations. But it's super awesome. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, it works. But they actually make it real. Yeah. No, no I, don't, I don't think any of us are saying that's not cool. Uh, so they go and it have this explanation. And Eureka's like, I'm going to explain it to Akito and Guy. And she interrupts them. As they're sitting there crying. Just bawling over cartoon robots. And I feel so seen. I feel so seen. I feel both the scene and attacked. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. Oh, it's great. I Let me tell you, this, this, this whole thing with them bonding over a show, yes, the commentary, but just them having their kind of quirky little thing that they share together while not being soldiers. I love those scenes in any kind of show, even if it's not a hobby I'm into or some aspect I'm, I find real interesting. Like, I just like to see there's that depth of personality. So yeah, no, I love this. I, I, I just love it because like, this is exactly the kind of otaku I am too. Like there are specific songs by the megas where, you know, it is sung from the perspective of Proto-Man talking about, like, how he can't go back to the hero he was meant to be. I cannot listen to those songs without tearing up. So it's just like, yeah, no, like, it's it's the law of cartoon robots. Boys will cry over cartoon robots. It's just, like, like this show is, is it, them, like, crying and talking to each other over this show, like, that is not a joke. That is actually a pretty realistic de- uh, depiction of a certain kind of anime fan, and it's me. That is a certain depiction of me. <laughs> um, And so I, I love that it's just, like, it is It is there. They're just like, yeah, this, this is a thing that can be. <laughs> and you reference pacing every once in a while, and for me this is where the pacing seems a little weird, because we cut to the soldiers that were running the coup. Right. Now, how long have these soldiers been tied up? Because that directly relates to episode two. You get the feeling that it's been a few days. But these soldier guys can just untie themselves at any given time. Is this some sort of weird thing? I think this scene is them being put into captivity. That's why, like, the guards are at the door dropping them off. Yeah. That's a long hallway to be walking down. Mm -hmm. It's a big ship, Bob. Okay. Two days later... Yeah, I, I don't know how long it, it took to to round them all up or, or get them done, but like, yeah, this is another thing where it's just like, oh, this is kind of happening now. So, wait, what, hap- what happened in this show so far? Because all of the the um, uh, negotiation stuff was last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we opened with the defense meeting, or whatever the big captain meeting, 
So it's like, is this really a span of an hour? From them fleeing and blowing up the Tomatia in the water to suddenly interrupting this meeting saying they're going to space? I, you know, I, I don't know. Also have that meeting talking about how they're going to escape. Yeah, like, like, and why, why would they just be dropping it? It does feel like it, it could have been, like, at least a day with just the so logistics of getting the people I'm together for this it's meeting. It's a little weird. Yeah. That's fine. And, yeah, the turn coats are like, yeah, why'd they tie us up with rope? We're in the future. Which is a good question. Mm-hmm. They have better stuff to use than they used rope. Okay. Uh, we flip over to oh June. Yes, getting his own tattoo because he got left behind. So he's like, "I'm gonna join the defense force," as one does. A a sensitive operation that anyone can do, really, as long as you just jam it in your neck. Yep, and you get a fancy tattoo that just rises to the surface of your hand. Also, my favorite. Hold on, I get one of my favorite old memes: nano machines. Yes. And fortunately, thanks to time not mattering at this point, becomes an expert pilot. Yeah, machines. Yeah, I guess you know. I never thought about that. Like, like I don't know. That got me. I don't. I don't know what his job was before this point. Like, so he always seemed to just be like he didn't have a pilot tattoo, so it wasn't to be a pilot. Yeah, I think he was just like Eureka's secretary or something. Because he was yeah. with her um, in the very opening scene before she got to the ship. Like, like she, he mm-hmm. was at her house. Like, maybe he was her yeoman? Maybe. Yeoman like, what? Like, just taking notes? Saying, well, pay attention I mean, to kinda, me? I mean, kind of, that's what a yeoman kind of does. It's the, the captain's secretary, more or less. Well, okay, hang on, because he he isn't joining the UF. I believe he is already a member of the UF. Like, I think that is why he was paired up with Eureka in the first yeah. place. Um, I, I, I feel you are correct. He does wear the uniform. Right. And Eureka was in, like, the Naval Academy, which I have to imagine is run by the UF as well. So I guess the real question is... He's first officer. Okay. I wasn't sure. I did. I didn't oh. get first officer vibes, but I I was wondering if that was the case. But then he, they I abandoned him. He's a first officer on the Nadesco. He left a position in the Earth's military to join her crew and to look out for her. Okay, so they and she leaves them behind. Wow. Okay, so they have left to join Nadesco, but they did both come from. Okay. All right. All right. I will also say to your point about the pacing, Bob, I, I knew it was in my notes somewhere. I th- I thought it was one of my, think- you know, insanity notes, but it's really just states like it's been between when we ended the last episode to now only a few hours. And it's only really this episode where it kind of hits me, mm-hmm. I guess. It doesn't help that they're watching that cartoon because you think you could use that as a pacing and you can't mm-hmm. ever pay attention to when they're watching the show because guess what? There's another season that Akito didn't know about. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so the entire, well, not the entire, but the defense fleet was on the offensive uh, to blow up the, well, I guess it is just to blow up the Nadesco at this point. They're like, we're done trying to take it over. 
I mean, they would like to capture it, but, uh, you know, there's no choice. And Guy's like, no, and he starts taking out regardless of how many people tell him no. Mm-hmm. There would be an off switch, but no, there is not. And that bugs me a little bit. It does. There, They could be like, oh, you can't fly out there because Guy is not known for his sane choices. Guy goes flying out. He has this plan where he's going to take them all on because he's the hero. He's the best pilot ever. He has his little mental picture of his strategy, and it's drawn in crayon that we just sort of scan across this page. It's so good. Guy also is pure of heart and dumb of ass. He really is. Is, Is he a himbo? I, I can see the argument. I'm okay. not I'm not willing to say he or make the can or construct the argument that he's not, uh but I can I can see where the line there's so I'm willing to say, sure, yeah, he's a himbo. Okay. I, f- I, I feel mean like... he's not big and brawly like brawny strong, but I mean he's very capable at what he's doing in in a surprising sense. I mean and so I guess maybe he must we must be buff and pretty Dumb and respectful to women. Is he respectful to women? I don't really get one way or the other. I can't think of anything that stood out. Not not being visually disrespectful to women is a step up from the status quo, unfortunate to say. By the Admiralty, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say, sure, he's respectful until I go back and watch it and find something I overlooked. Uh, the episodes I, that we watched, he is respectful. Well, yeah. it's neutral. He's neutral. Most he does is, you know, not listen to uh, smart. Anyone with a brain cell? Yeah. He, he. We never get to see him with his shirt off. I guess that's my big complaint here. I'm, I mean, I'm fine with not. But, you know, I, I will say, I don't know if he's necessarily buff. He's more buff than I am. Hmm. <laughs> Because I, I imagine he's got to be at least in some decent shape to be in the military flying a mech. I can't imagine that G-forces are friendly to you if you are not in shape. Uh, we don't know if he came from the military either because he was introduced as part of the Nadesco team, which was okay. mostly made up of civilians. Yeah, no, even I... as a civilian pilot, <laughs> even as a test pilot, I can't imagine sure. he's sitting there with a beer gut. Yeah, absolutely. More issues with things coming up here. He okay. was an official pilot and arrived three days ahead of schedule when he learned they would be piloting actual robots, like in the anime. I do remember him saying that. I was like, you weren't new for three days, robot! <laughs> and then he broke his leg. So yeah, he's, he's, he's very much on a pilot. And yes, knowing what the Air Force's. Uh, regimen is for people who aren't even in the like fighting or piloting um classes uh yeah he's probably in good shape so buff yeah he buff so are we missing any other himbo qualifications sure sir, there's no proof yeah <laughs> we'll get you that side manga one day bob mm. okay uh Okay, so Guy is launching. And because there's so much fight against Guy going out, they 
the keto out, regardless of what the keto wants, uh, back them up. And guys, not doing bad, but it's a good thing the keto's there because you know, the leader of the attacking force, the guy who just got a tattoo, no piloting background, is leading this group. And instead of, you know, full frontal force and winning, he decides he should challenge Akito because through robot V robot fashion. And oh I failed to see a problem here. I love Akito in this. He's like, No, that's that's not how it works. And guy's like, Yes it is. You're supposed to fight. Yeah. One V one that's what the animes I grew up on and no education taught me. The the way Guy is just bawling, eyes wide, the biggest grin on his face, and just tears streaming as he's telling the, the rest of, of June's squad to be like, no, you don't get to interrupt their duel. It is a duel for love and honor, and this is the greatest goddamn thing I have ever seen, and he is just losing his mind. Oh, I love him. I love the boy so much. And, yeah, Akito, on the other hand, is like, why? <laughs> it is, he is the me. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that I care for Akito as a character overall. He is the me. He's like, this doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Well, because... I, Sorry, go on. I was just saying, I just, I just want... We were talking off podcast about brotherhood style productions because so many shows are starting to get like the brotherhood treatment i almost want that for this just so this can be written out where akito's just yelling at guy get in here and help me yeah well so be part when jun is, is saying is like challenging him into a duel he says without saying that it's like also for who gets the right to be yurika's love interest yeah. Like, he, he kind of walks it back and being like, no, it's it's for the Nadesco and the military. But it's like, no, he's just like, no, because I, I won't let, you know, the one who she loves instead of loving me be the, the what? I didn't say that. Let's fight. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. But Doom does step in. And of ends up stopping this attack on the Nadesco. And all three of them go back to the ship with June being welcomed back into the fold somehow. And Okay, so um the the two Estivalises there is basically a Wi-Fi power range around the Nadesco, and they like went too far out to have this duel, so it they ran out of juice. Um, and then defense satellites start shooting missiles at the Nadesco, and June is just like, "Oh no, you know, Eureka, the one I actually, Eureka. yeah, it's so I must protect my family." Yeah, so he jumps in and is like, I'm going to, if the only way I can help is by sacrificing myself, then I'm going to do it. And then... June also has been watching Not Get a Robo. Yeah. And and then, like, the Nadesco catches up to the mechs, and so they're back in range, and they just grab him, and they're just like, don't be dumb, the ship has a shield, come inside. And they do, they mm-hmm. drag him inside. Yeah. Quit standing they... out there with the lightning rod, stupid, it's a thunderstorm. But, like, I, I think... Have a... 
I think that's I think that's why they like welcome him back so easily because it's just like ah you see you do have like love and honor in your heart that you want to fight for and we respect that around here because we watch that anime and it probably doesn't hurt that uh, Kido's like yeah I'm not really interested in Rika uh-huh. or Eureka. yeah I like that <laughs> just like yeah not like, go for really? it. <laughs> Um, so there is one last scene where a guy is just walking out to his robot because he marks all the kills he gets. Put stickers and, on his No, robot. he was putting stickers on the robots to make them go faster. To mark and, his kills. He said it's to mark his kills. He's using and, anime stickers to mark his kills. That's also foreshadowing because there's a shadowy figure. And guy gets shot. Well, it's a couple because it's the escaping prisoners. And I can tell you that is probably the biggest cliffhanger ever. Mm-hmm. We do get, you know, future episodes. No. That being said, I was genuinely like, oh. Uh-huh. And then I was like, wait, I don't care about guy, but do I care about guy? What's going on? No, that uh, uh, Mav Chuck, I, I love your your note uh, about I need these two to survive the show, <laughs> and yes, then two yes. notes later, uh oh, yeah, how dare you, uh oh, John, <laughs> oh no, it wasn't even uh oh, John, it's those motherfuckers shot Otaku Jeff, kill him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like ah, the blood mist. <laughs> Let me get in the show with an eraser. I will delete you from existence. Um. So we have one more episode to talk about, but do we want to talk about some of this now? Does anybody need me to, like, assuage some fears? Uh, I am assuming I live because of the next episode. I'm, mm, you know, I actually, I got the opposite read of that because of the next episode, because of specifically the line, aren't you, uh, never mind. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm putting money down. I will put hard money down right now. That he he I, bites the big one. I gone. Guy, yeah, guy gone. I say stay. Guy die, go away. Yeah, guy die, go away. Uh, that's sad. That's very sad. In its own way, that actually adds legitimate weight to the show, and I feel bad that episode wasn't included. So here's the thing, though, Bob. You, you ready for my take on that, though? For for all of my like. We we now riot because they killed Otaku Jeff. Um, that is something that doesn't normally happen. Like Outlaw Star aside, typically doesn't you don't see like death of like a name character like that a promoted as probably a frontline character mm-hmm. until much, especially in Mecha series, much later. So essentially, I feel like we've had at least, and this goes back to my problem with the pacing. I feel like we've had at least 20 episodes of like forced interaction check marks met in three episodes. I can see where you're coming from with that. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still saying we riot and we, we go to the studio and knock their door down. But I will say for myself and my taste, I like this pacing better than too much. Yes. I mean, I still rushed, absolutely. Well, maybe rushed is a strong word. I, Feels like you need to be paying attention. 
Yeah, like um, I I, I was definitely going to ask, uh, especially you, Chuck, about what you um, how you felt about the pacing on these episodes overall. But like, yeah, it. I think the pacing is actually decent, decently paced, but they do a really bad job of like letting you know when there are big jumps and, and yeah. sometimes they don't let big moments linger. So here's, I, here's the other side of the coin of this for me. And this show did a lot of like, ah, here's one side of the coin, but have you considered the other side, which I have mixed feelings about? Um, I will say that this at least potentially, not knowing any more of this than what I've seen, gives the opportunity for this show to have, to have done the, okay, nobody is safe kind of stakes. Because we, we have now killed Wash. Mm. We didn't even wait for our, our series to be canceled and then get a movie revival. We just did that <laughs> in the first three episodes. How about that? And I, I, I will say to its credit, I'm like, okay, that is a good way though for, for all of my complaints about the pacing to kill off what appears to be one of the, if not main primary secondary characters. I, you're like, okay, you've, you can at least get my attention from that. And, and somebody who like, if they're main, it is kind of because they have actually had a big effect on other characters already. Like, you know, he has been like mm-hmm. he has kind of just like been there and been almost like a mascot for the rest of the the crew between you know that's a good way to put it yeah teaching everyone Geki Gengar and the way that he and Akito like had a very fast turnaround from like oh don't steal my thunder to yeah I love anime too yeah he he really quickly and he, by this episode I didn't really realize it until I decided to lead a riot that <laughs> he became the heart and soul very fast and I mean again for all my complaints about the pacing that actually kind of helped that because it's like oh I didn't realize I cared until he was dead right and now I'm just the whiplash from that again I as much as I haven't liked the whiplash in other parts of this so far I will say that gave me the okay that actually kind of served a purpose and it did it shouldn't it should not elicit the uh, response it did out of me but it did and like i said you get points for that begrudgingly but go on yeah again that's kind of what i mean like like when i think about like how to describe and pitch this show to somebody it's sometimes it's just like eh. but then when you're in the middle of it you're just like oh man and it's just like like it, it is it is something that works better than it does on paper in in a really weird way yeah like this, this is one of those. This should not work, but based on everything I've seen so far, but it did. Okay, so uh, are we ready for a time skip? I guess, kind of, oh, definite, man. not really time skip. Time um, skip. It's I a mean, multiverse it's, skip. It's it's, it's yeah. <laughs> Have you ever wondered if your life is really just the show? Let's go with hot blooded anime clip show. it is exactly that so we open with somehow to Gengar 3 and they start talking about how they're upset because it looks like they're getting ready to watch a clip show which I know is a thing in American series 
It happens in anime, too. Yeah. Bob, this is what we call a filler episode. And it's it's very... I mean... Inside the box. They... I love, honestly, how this episode started with Eureka doing the... Essentially telling the audience, yeah, the New Year's episode is kind of rough, so... Uh, and we're behind, so enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I... It, Again, for all the for all the negatives I may have put against this show, I will say I need more shows to just be honest with their audience like that. And just if you're going to do a clip show, you're going to do a, the seven point five or the twelve point five episode. Y'all just get out the door ahead of it, level with us. I will actually watch your episode then, because at least you're being straight with me. Because we got the opening. Oh, go ahead. Uh, and this framing device is, is at least sort of like goofy and fun. So even if it's a clip mm-hmm. show, you're still doing something novel, like for, yeah. for the entertainment value. Cause I, I, I will say I hate clip shows when they're just doing the clip show and nothing happens. Uh, I will cite Utena does a really good clip show on episode 13. This was a, well, not the same was different enough and the same in the sense of, like, this is not what you normally get with a clip show. I can enjoy that at least. We open with the main theme. Then we got the Gekki Gengar 3 theme. I love it. Because it's actually the Gekki Gengar cast talking about the clip show they're watching. Man, Get a Robo's going to sue somebody. So, we got the opening with the Geki people watching our show. It opens with Rory and Eureka talking about the ship. Okay, so, sorry, um, but this weird costume, like, kid show thing that they do. Yes. This is actually a recurring bit on the show regular. Um, Yeah, whenever, like a new like piece of MacGuffin technology is introduced and, and becomes a, a plot beat. They do one of these things to sort of explain it. So like eventually like, they use this to sort of piecemeal explain why the Nadesco is so like top of the line and important over time. Um, but we get to see uh, what, what was it? Rabbit or Usagi Eureka and uh, uh-huh. Princess Ruri. Mm-hmm. They they come back. It's a recurring kid show. I love it. You ever see a bit or a trope done so many times? You just hate it, but you love it when it's done just right. And you, it's like I still hate this, but I love that I hate this right now. <laughs> That's what this elicited from me. I'm like, oh, I'm so mad, but it's so well done. It's, it is too. It's so simple. So great. We got an explanation all about the Nadesco. Oh, it's such and such wide, such and such tall, and all the things you didn't minutes. really know you needed to know about the Nadesco. Did you know there? And I'm sure it happened in the episodes I did not watch. They talk about the hologram room. They talk mm-hmm. about discount holodeck, the meditation room, bonk bot. <laughs> Zenbot go bonk. Which you talk you want to talk about a a moment that feels like it is like traced over a scene from Tenchi? It is mm-hmm. that robot in that meditation room. 
Yeah. Listen, you're right. <laughs> Talk about the recreation room, which, thank goodness, they got the latest model of ping pong table. The, the military-grade table tennis table built to spec. So uh, like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. I need it. <laughs> then they take the time to go into the kitchen, meet uh, the chef who, I don't, like I said, I'm sure he was relevant in the past episodes. This guy has cooking down packed. He has a cabinet full of, what, 111 different spices because, as he points out, there's people on this ship from every nation, and he wants to give them what they want to eat. This is the most important part of the ship. Fight me. So I, I actually really want to talk about this because, um, first of all, that head chef, she's amazing. Second of all, yes. um that uh we see her get in on the guard bonking action back during the the mess hall captive scene but um With the military grade frying pan yes because akito is a chef and he actually does spend time working as a chef on the ship and we get to see that we actually spend time in this kitchen and sort of like learning the personality of that head chef and she she is very much that exact thing about like hey you want to know how you keep an army motivated good food especially food that reminds them of home so like th that thing that th in a not clip so uh, in a not clip show episode they have a whole thing about like how she is like yeah no we need to be able to like do cuisine from all over the world to keep everybody like content on some level some baseline of comfort um and, like, the show spends, like, a lot of time and, and in that sense, giving a lot of respect to, like, food workers. It will, is really, really cool. I will even double down and back this up. This, this added so much realism with that moment alone. Mm -hmm. Because I remember growing up and my dad served in the Navy and he told me, he's like, you know, at one point I was like, maybe I grow up and be a chef. He says, if you do, maybe it's like, you'll know how good you are if they want you on a submarine. I said, Why is that? He says, because they eat the best because they're trapped in a tube with just a bunch of other people and no windows and nowhere to go. They get treated right for that at least. And I was like, huh. So hearing that and seeing that, I'm like, you know, that, that smacked of such believable realism. I'm like, Yes, I, again, the show does things it shouldn't be doing right, right. Exactly. So you remember in like um, in Outlaw Star and kind of in Oath MS Team when we have yeah. like the the like low key moments where we're focused on like a mechanics bay and just doing like yeah. like the maintenance stuff. This yes. is a show with mechs, but they take those scenes and they put them in the kitchen and have yes. them actually have like, hey, we are doing. Uh, like, like we are doing like work labor. We are doing this food service labor, labor, but also sort of giving the sense of this is also an emotional labor. Like, like, like we are are here to be emotional support to other parts of the show, and and like it, it is so cool to see. I, I'm just going to keep saying it is so cool to see that sort of respect given to food service. Yeah, I, I really, as someone who just enjoys to cook, yes. I, I love that so much. And I, I, like I said, this, this got so many points in this episode for that as well. Like, like how dare you actually know what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. 
Marth Bowl sounds gross. There, I said it. Okay, yeah, hold on. I, I got a thing about that. Because when I was listening to the um, description of the Mars Bowl, hold on, because I didn't, I, I, I gotta, I gotta get this right. I could have sworn I had to go back and listen to this three times because the first two times I heard it described as the Mars Bowl with Wheaties and Stroganoff. Not weenies and stroganoff. Oh, it's, it's totally weenies and stroganoff. And it is. And I'm, and this is like, even that's the one we referenced earlier. The, mm-hmm. uh, Joe sliced up bowl. Taco right. weenies, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the taco weenies. Um, but I, it just, just the visual was enough to like, oh, that's what you said. And I'm like, Oh, it, 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 that jarred me for a minute. It's like, hold on, you said you're a chef. What are you putting in there? You know what, though? That's a comfort food thing. Like this from Mars. What they like? Beef. Well, I don't even know if it's what they like, but the idea of like, because normally if you're going to do like a beef stroganoff, you use like uh fresh beef, you use like ground beef. But you use actual beef. But I bet on Mars because it is still like a colony settlement kind of thing. I bet they don't have. Beef, yeah. yeah, you you can't do livestock, but you want to know what travels really what well because it's been so processed. But but they're processed. They are full of so much salt and and spices or whatever in order what to preserve them. Meat? You know, this is full of a lot of salt. Me, Ramen. me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, mean, me too, but I was leaving out the, the the things that could still respond. Ramen, ramen has a lot of salt. A lot of Japanese cooking has a lot of salt. Yeah, but but like I I I would not be surprised if that was almost like a thought out. Like no, this is a, a like a byproduct of circumstances affecting oh, culture I, reflection sort yeah. of moment. That's super cool. Yeah, I I, I appreciate the thought but again. You're doing things right that you shouldn't be doing right. How dare you? Mm-hmm. So, moving on, we see Clip Show moves on to battles and kind of updates of the robots as well as fights with the Jovians. I could have swore that there was a number three robot that gets introduced, I'm sure, at some point because he's the ground shooter or whatever and i swear he has a gun coming out of a place which is inappropriate that is the artillery frame estivalis aikido pilots that one it's basically another replacement body like with the the air unit where the Um, head can go into and operate it yes i think it only appears in one episode so you know gotta make a toy here yeah it's a cool episode it's a it's a wiener gun I, so I don't think it is actually a wiener gun. I think it is like one of those guns that rests on a shield that you put down in the ground. And because of I that placement. That. It's like a blink and you miss type of scene. Yeah. Well, it's a subliminal. You love a sex, sex cells. And so you make a robot, you know. A whole new reason to say give him the D. But anyway. Uh, show cuts to break. And comes back, because then we flip to the villains. Uh, There's this big, like, skeleton, almost bloody-looking guy who's talking about how they need to attack the Geki crew and the subservient one guy who, I swear, I just keep waiting for him to go, Smurf, yes, sir, Smurf, Smurf, to move on. They start watching Geki Gengar, no, they start watching uh, Martian Successor, 
to learn different ideas to attack the Gucky crew. Yeah, uh, they are they are collecting cultural data on Earthlings. And this just happens to be what they grabbed. <laughs> so, white lipstick lady, literally in love with Snarf, uh, is like, hey, look, they have this weird repulsor technology. And the guy's like, oh, I can use that to attack the Gucky crew! And, you know, builds his own mech with the repulsor technology. And I actually have to say I like the art in this because it does its a great job of differentiating between the two without you realizing it. Yes. There's strong lines, a little more cel-shaded than it is in... Martian successor. So this simplistic almost. So so this is very specifically aping the animation style like of the original Getter Robo, like from the seventies. And it was this very like like thick black ink strokes, very little movement. You know, if you've ever watched, you know, Speed Racer, uh mm -hmm. that that sort of like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make things move, but it's a struggle to do so, so that nobody gonna move that much. Um it, the the fact that like the exact same like open get close get animation they use the exact same frames at least two times during the the fight scene at the end um but but before we get to to all the the robot fighting there is one more piece of um uh information about the 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 nadesco that we go over the crew crew I actually don't remember that. Oh, you don't remember all the hot gossip? Listen, I... Mm, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, Bob, you've skipped over part of my favorite part. So, Bob... Nick, I, I think we can tag team on this one, but... Sure. We, we meet... Okay. We meet... From from my perspective, we, we get two things that I love. A, we get our Ryoko. The purple-haired pilot, whatever she is. I don't right. know. It's, okay, so... That is the voice actress. Makumi. Megumi. Yeah, Megumin. Megumin, yeah. Yeah, Megumin. Uh, built by Dr. Light. Um, She's the communications officer. Yeah, that's right. She, she, they got the voice actress to run the PA on the ship. Mm -hmm. That's the end of that joke, I'm pretty sure. And I love it. It's great. I also love how much of a pest she is. Like I said, I saw her and I was like, man, none of these characters are all that really great and interesting me anymore. Now we killed Otaku Jeff, probably. And, and again, we, we get the like talking about the robots and then the comment made about, mm, Taco Jeff may not still be with us because he's sure not listed on the crew manifest now. Um, then we, then I see her and I'm like, why do I, why do I suddenly hear in the back of my brain, I know what I'm about. What? Why, why am I interested we, again? That's weird. And I just stopped and I'm like, hold on. Spiky hair, kind of a blue gray. It's Ryoko! <laughs> um, yeah, she's, she's my new favorite person. I also love the hot gossip. Haruka telling Mr. Goat he gets to wear the bunny ears next time later. They are my favorite pairing. They are. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. So I, I will tell you now. I was trying to say this to them. Every fiber of my being says, do not watch this show. Okay. Me, because this is not my jam. No. I am watching this show for them. 
I mean, I'll, I'll save you a little heartbreak. There's not a lot of them. Like it, it is definitely I don't like care. a. It's it's <laughs> background hard. noise, but it yeah. Uh huh. That hey, listen. Sometimes background noise is some, the best part of the show. Um, it's it's her and it's making me. I'm like. Because, you know, if someone's got to be a problem, it should be a Ryoko, and why not you? <laughs> well, with with, the, with Megumi, that's also part of the explanation of the um, holodeck room from earlier, mm-hmm. is because, like, so what we get is, and this is one of the, the show clips, I'll get into it in a minute, but, like, she invites Akito down to the holodeck so that they can do some Japanese high schooler role play. And oh no, my first kiss! And yeah. he's like, no. Here, here are my my notes on that. It's like, okay, blah blah blah. I, I it's like, uh, I'll give you the lead, and you can kind of see again my my stream of consciousness writing for my notes on this one. And like, uh, we get the the breakdown of the ships. I'm like, yo, for real, I love uh, history exposition and the ship breakdown. Weird, weird that recaps are not episodes aren't my jam typically. Next one, ah, uh, the plushies fill in for the captain and the bridge crew. Okay, you know I'm fine with this. And then immediately when they're talking about the holodeck, like, really, we're doing the high school insert episode. Wait, hold on. Uh-huh. <laughs> is, is this becoming a hentai? What the hell's going on? Well, so that's the thing. That is the scene where they're like, "Hey, in case you did not understand that we're doing a freaking uh, harem anime." Here is the part where they're in school and she confesses her love. Like, what? And I won't lie, because we hadn't seen the rest of the harem until this point, I was thinking, like, okay, weird space thing, pest captain, okay. And then it was like, ah, I know what show I'm watching now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we didn't we didn't even uh, mention um, uh, af- between the, ep- the uh, earlier episodes and now, the harem has expanded because... Uh, weird lady and her bodyguard or something even before her the blonde scientist lady who takes over the stats explanation earlier yeah she's she's only on screen for a second but basically in about three episodes we meet her on mars and she becomes a part of the crew and she is like um okay to to just sort of make parallels to Ava again. You remember the blonde science lady from Ava? Mm-hmm. It's her. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say it's her name, but then I, my mind blanked out as soon as you said Ava, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, but it but it's just her. If you need want to know what that character is about, it's, it's her. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And A then okay. uh, we get the, uh, the lady and the guy who show up. So this show or actually... Clearly evil... Yes. So yeah, the brother sister duo. What? Oh, I mean, it could. It, they, I would believe it. Um, but listen, they gave me Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch from Ultimate Marvel vibes. I'm not gonna lie, and that is not a good thing. Yeah, but but so this show actually deals with um the you know seven centimeters per second problem or whatever. Uh, when the they they de- there is like a time skip element to the show where they do a a hyperspace jump and for the they crew actually the, deal with the time travel version of it yes or how it alters time for for them it is like instantaneous but by the time I'm, they come I'm out of it years have passed yes um oh, so that's great time dilation exists that. yeah I, I actually appreciate that so that dude and that lady are like 
the current, like basically in charge of the current iteration of the Nadesco project. They're, I think they're literally trying to build a Nadesco two, like that. That's like like the second Death Star is half under production. But so like he shows up in the next generation Estevalis, and he's so he's the pilot, and she's like the new prospector because I guess they needed people to take over while Nadesco was because you know Nagal was a company, and not only was the Nadesco like released into the world, but then it disappeared into a, a transportation tunnel for however many years. Months, years, I'm not sure, but it, but it is a span of time, and and they're kind yeah, of dealing like an with amount that. of time. Yeah. Um, Listen, you're, you're. This is the point now. These are the the little points and details that were missed between the three episodes and this that would sell me on this series. Right. Those little, yeah. Oh, and and we get the three new pilots who are all girls. Yeah, yeah. Those were what I was thinking you were talking about. I was like, yeah, three new pilots show up with three new mechs. Uh huh. Um, and three new single character trait gimmicks that define their, their, their slot in the harem. Um, I don't know. The, the one girl, she's all gothy and she speaks almost exclusively in puns. I'm all right with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's my waifu. Know. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so like the, the, I think that pretty much covers all of the characters who are introduced and become sort of, you know, primary characters between then and now. We and, queue back to. Oh, go ahead. And they all want to bone Akito, and he wants no part of it. Yeah, saw that. Here we're doing. At least you know, at least, you're, you're not straying from the trope too far, I guess. So yeah. which, I don't know if that's points, but which I I do actually appreciate it because most of the time when you would see a harem anime, it is like oh the you know the main character boy just like can't decide which one to go with quote unquote he can't decide which route in this visual novel to take um and that's why like it it leads to the like everlasting triangle for the duration of the show in this one he kind of bounces around and has a little arc with a bunch of different people but he never gives a shit so they all just sort of calm down and go away and i i can respect that yeah like like uh 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 you know asexual characters represent good point yo is he no they no. don't say that he, he he's definitely not but he is kind of reacting rationally to being under the stress of being in a war um, in that he's just like, I don't have time for this. I'm trying to figure out if I want to protect people enough in order to be a pilot and put myself in danger and kill people. Like he is, he's like, I don't have time for a relationship. I have this shit going on. I mean, I respect that. Don't get me wrong. That's pro- like his endearing quality to me is like, I, I'm trying to live. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. The rest of this don't matter. I just want to live. I'll deal with that later. If later even occurs. If there is a tomorrow. Okay. I, I think that's like everything from the gossip section. Ruri is still the best. Yeah. Ruri, c- confirm real quick. She is a robot, right? Or she is not or a robot. Artificial. Oh. She yeah. is a computer baby. So she gets a whole episode about her okay. past. That's um, fine. We don't need to go further. Uh, 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 the sim- simplest thing I can say is like she is like a Skinner box super genius baby. Um, 
Okay. And that's why she can do computer things. Okay, because, yeah, I was between me when we just circling back to episode one. We bet Dr. Dr. Madman make waifu because I don't like my real wife and son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to her, I'm like, that's a lot of awful, awful lot of robots in all in one location. Yes. No, that, that is actually un, unrelated roboticizations. Okay. Um, Oh, there actually is one more major thing in the the gossip section, which is the big flashback to uh, Eureka and Nikito as as childhood kids. Oh yeah, you know the the youth sort of child childhood kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so we we get some of this where they're kind of talking about like, oh no, the their relationship has always been this of Eureka is just like in love with him and in love with the idea of them being in love with each other and Nikito. Don't give a shit. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just want to point out that um, I, they don't say it here because it's a clip show version. But um, the reason why Akito has the pilot tattoo but wasn't military is because when um, when they were kids, Eureka was messing around and started the construction equipment working and he was struggling to bring it under control. And it what you needed to tattoo to control those things. So he got the tattoo in based on that in order to keep that, that kind of stuff sense. from happening again. Um, so he kind of got it. He he does kind of have it out of uh, a want to protect Eureka. So it's kind of fault. it's her fault, but also like you know you have to choose to do that. I, I they don't go further into it, but like that is that is why he has the pilot's thing, but never was a pilot is is because of being childhood friends with her and, and sort of the lingering memory of that. Um, I desperately want him to end up with anyone but her now. Anyway, without saying <laughs> whether that happens or not, don't, don't worry. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. There, there are more girls that get introduced later in the show. They're doing it the whole time just to keep you, just to keep options open. Um, we cut back to Eddie Ginger three, uh, that universe find the villain working out his repulsor ability go attack our team fortunately the team was ready they combined their megazord and they use gekigan flare to take out the villain which saying that it was uh inspired by uh, the Nadesco show when in Nadesco it was inspired by Get He Get Get Ganker Three and oh, it's a meta. And that's the end of the episode. So, end um, scene. How how did I almost didn't include this episode because it's a clip show from the middle of the series. Um, but I really. Again, just doing the whole framing element and and the way that this show is willing to um, be that sort of like novel compared like like even though it is like obviously like going down a checklist of a lot of standard tropes, sometimes mm-hmm. they are still bring novel elements to it and and even some of like character moments of the narration are still really fun. So how did this episode land for y'all? Because because I, I I almost didn't include it. Bob, go first. I hmm, I think future episode selections 
this is kind of a good idea. And so much that you actually sneak in several episodes. Mm-hmm. One. I, I think this, this, this was a great episode as far as the humor, the way you guys were talking that maybe other clip shows aren't so fun. And trust me, watching American shows, shows are never my favorite because it's like, I've already seen this. Why do I want to see it again? If it's a first time for me, a clip show may not be bad. Yeah. Uh, when it came to um, Fifth as a North Star, and I was picking episodes for that, there is like a sequence of four clip shows in a row in the middle of that series, just sort of like in order. It's, it happens so late in the series that that's how much it takes in order to cover like the uh, up until now summation. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of clip shows are basically kind of characters just going like, hey, we have a down moment. Remember when this happened? Oh, yeah. And then this happened. And it's it's really, you know, it really is just sort of like the barest excuse to to sort of summarize what has happened before this point. This one. Time. Yeah. Um, but but this one is even though they are kind of doing that, they really are framing it. This one, this one, this clip show is framed more like its own little like pitch video. It is like, it is summarizing, it is explaining things and it is not even necessarily caring about keeping it in chronological order. It is breaking it up sort of by topic. And I think that this, even as like a structure for clip shows, this one is pretty novel, even ignoring all the, the meta elements of the, the geeky ganger flip. I, I will say this. You put you gambled with me on my part for what it's worth, because as I said, clip shows, man, do they leave leave a bad taste in my mouth. Like for example, you you talk about with Fist of the North Star. I Gundam Wing is not a perfect anime by and far. It is arguably not. Well, I will say, as far as I'm concerned, it is not the best Gundam. I still really enjoy it because it has the novelty of nostalgia. But you know what the thing it did wrong was in my mind? And I can understand with almost 50 episodes doing this. What? It had at least two clip episodes I can think of, if not three. And they none of them did anything to kind of also present it uniquely. It was all same in-universe, well, remember when kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone reaches over into the fruit bowl, grabs out some member berries, and ah, oh, I remember when. I remember. I remember when the wing Gundam blew up. <laughs> um, which which time? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, that's mm-hmm. my point. And it's like, yeah, we we remember these things happen. It's all part of the narrative. And again, if you if you just leveled with me and told me, hey, y'all, y'all we uh, we're behind. <laughs> the Christmas episode was really hard, and then the New Year's episode was even harder because let me tell you, hangovers. But <laughs> We're going to feed you some stuff. And like, there were so many other ways to do it. I mean, I, I have, I could give you my mini TED talk on better ways that they could have done it specifically for Gundam Wing that would have been better. We're not here for that. So when I say that this one did it in a way that at least forced me to engage it on its level, which was, okay, you know, those tropes you really kind of, speaking to me specifically, you're not really that into and you really get tired of when you see see it done all the other time in this, especially, let's be honest, harem genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not going to say I've seen a lot of them, but I, I'll call out Tenchi 
I don't know. I, I see what it is. I see you. Um, that, and even other shows that when they do their, their clip shows, it's like, man, are we just not really doing a lot or putting, putting in any effort? This one actually put effort in. And I've got to respect that. Regardless if I like the show or not, I gotta say it. At least you did a thing. And you, you put extra effort into your clip show that was not required at all. And, and then on top of that, not only did you put effort in, you inverted this whole, uh, they, they we're watching, you know, we're now in the not getter robo universe. Cause I'm not gonna try and say it, I'm gonna butcher the actual geeky guy. Hey, I got it right, geeky guy. Alright. Um, the, what this does by putting in the Geki Geiger is watching the show we're watching, Nabisco, because mm-hmm. I will not call it anything else. <laughs> um, I, I really can at least say, okay, I like the idea that you're not just for this episode, but potentially, cause it's just, I'm starting to get weird vibes off of that show. Potentially we're, both Geki Geiger and ourselves are actually watching the show or there's more going on here than meets the eye. I can appreciate that. And that will even get more points out of me to the extent of, as I've said, this draw, this and a few other smaller elements draws me in enough to say, yeah, I might have big regret at the end of this. But I'm willing to put my chips in on this to spend the time watching it just so I have that moment of, well, at least I know now. And I'm willing to give it that shake. Joe, thoughts? Yeah, I'm not a fan of clip shows, but this turned it into its own thing that it was a lot easier to watch because it wasn't just a clip show like there was its own little mini story in it and just the presentation of like you know here's some facts about the ship and stuff and presenting it in that sort of way was like interesting and able to watch it like as its own thing it if I feel like it's kind of like AA because you know the first step to healing from a problem is admitting that you have a problem. So by starting from the premise of, yeah, we're doing a clip show, they like are, are leaning into it and not shying away <laughs> from it and, and doing something interesting. And like, yeah, no, you, you got to respect their cleverness because what they did was they found a premise that was light from a production standpoint. Cause you're just, you know, uh, re-editing a lot of, existing animation and recording some new VO uh, but it still manages to be complex and novel conceptually because it's just like hey we're we're introducing like some we're we're doing funny moments we are shaping it in a way which is not just laying it out we're sort of like uh, restructuring information a little bit and we're we're adding this this meta element where we're just flipping it and just having real fun there so yeah and especially in the context of this podcast, as Bob pointed out, like sneaking in a sneak peek of more of the show was smart because I definitely see how like things change a little bit later on. There's like more going on than you would have gotten the sense of just from those first three episodes. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't think uh, we'll be able to pull that off again because this is such like this is from all the clip shows I've seen. This one is is pretty unique. Um, but I was lucky. I'm 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 glad I stuck in. I'm glad y'all all found something in it worthwhile. You know, I, I will double back onto the making it unique. What it made me think of is in G Gundam. One of the episodes I, I had us watch, the last one I had us watch was, or one of the episodes, I don't remember if it was the last one, was essentially they all, they all make it to the, the essentially finals tournament. And you kind of get like a brief little nod to like maybe what they've all gone through and what's go- been going on. This mm-hmm. did that with the expanding on it, which I think is also what sells me. I can appreciate that if you're giving me that context. And I appreciate that. It's not just, here's things that happened. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into some final thoughts. What do we, uh, how are we feeling about the show overall from what we've seen? I think it's, it's fine. It's, it seems like it'd be especially good too. If you're really into super robot shows and are able to kind of recognize a lot of the, the references and stuff. I yes, I I have a list here of things that shows that this show is cribbing from and I have 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 and then a 14th was added of different shows that this is like pulling elements directly from. Uh So so yeah, this is I thought that this show might be good to select because I think it does because it's kind of just checkboxing them. It is kind of presenting these, these elements sort of at face value. So it's a decent way to like, Hey, this can give you some context for other things pulling from the same sources. Um, but also, yeah, for, for those who have the, um, you could almost do like, um, for people who know all of the classics they're pulling from, you could almost turn this show into a drinking game of just like pick your, your favorite series reference. And every time they reference that series, take a shot, you know, every time something that is very Gundam happens, take a shot. I'm not going to lie. I consider that for a minute, but I don't have enough liver to lose. (laughs) (laughs) I will save my opinion till last. You've heard my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So I I think that I think you is last. So sorry. Well, then <laughs> I will interrupt here ever so kindly. Uh, hang on. Let I, me get, let me get, let me start talking so I can give you something to interrupt. And you know maybe I could just start like talking about my. I will now interrupt. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the surprise for me was that this show was not what I was walking into. Bring the. You kind of talk about it last week. I was like, oh, this is just going to be the blandest of bland shows. And it's not. It's for me because I don't know the references of you know, G Gundam or Tenchi Muyo. I say that right on accident because I like to really insult you things on did. purpose to bug you. You did get it right. Well, but if, oh, if you were trying to say Tenchi in Tokyo, then you mess it up. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, Tokyo <laughs> Muyo. No, uh, no, Tokyo Muyo is a different show. Oh. That I ended up really liking this show. Really? Because it was very... 
I've seen, we're on episode 16, I've seen 16 different anime. So for me, not knowing where it was pulling from, but recognizing the jokes, I really appreciated that. I appreciated a protagonist who really doesn't want to be where he's at. In a way that's both serious and not. Uh, Characters won me over. Slight guy. And with reference to Chuck, that at a certain point, it's like, I like this guy. This guy is funny. It starts off as this guy's arrogant. I don't care about him. I wish we had more backstory, and I'm sure it's there of the rest of the crew. From what I saw, it's like I can see them winning me over somehow in one episode and me not even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's my opinion. It's. The, referential it's serious how, and not how did you feel about the sort of juxtaposition of tones because uh like of what we saw the show stays very consistent through so like if you're okay with the pace it stays this kind of pace if you're okay with the sort of like characterizations and and interactions and sort of like the uh, uh the trajectory of character arcs all of that pretty much stays the same the show is very consistent in that way um if anything is especially for me but if anything's really going to drag it's going to be the way that this show goes from uh lol walk in on you naked to hey did that guy just die did that guy we all love just die quietly at the end of the episode hey what the hey hey that actually doesn't bug me uh a t- weird time movement as far as whether it's an hour or a day or a year that bugs me but as far as the pacing it did not like i said you pay attention and once they expect the unexpected but realize that something may happen because maybe the show almost sets itself up oh this is really funny which means you're going to be a hard slapped against the wall here pretty quick Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. The uh, I just want to give a little, like, not heads up, but just, um, like, so the next episode is, like, more than half dealing with, um, you know, the final scene of, of uh, episode three and just be, like, the fallout of guy getting shot. Um but also it is introducing the three new girls. And once they're introduced, it's just, you know, the, the new pilots. And once they're introduced, it's just like, okay, yeah, it's kind of business as usual. Um, and then the next episode is, it feels kind of like a filler episode, but it is very much that, um, so it is an episode about, Hey, we are in the like long haul travel part of going to Mars. So everything is quiet and boring and oh, how are we going to fill our time? But it's all about Eureka having to like, hey, you got to do all the like ceremonial captain stuff right now, including holding like funerals in worldwide funeral cultural styles for all of the people who have died in the first four episodes in combat. Mm. So it is it is very much that weird like, OK, we're going to go heavy and then we are going to play it light and then we're going to go heavy and we're going to also play it off kind of light and it's it's it is it it does feel like whiplash like uh, not everything is as bad as you know gross dad oogling his daughter and 
boasting about it nonstop. But like, it, it is this weird, like for some people I know that would be an issue, but yeah, if, if, if you can, if you can chill around that and like, yeah, go for it. That, that also stays consistent through this show. So if, if, and here's, here's my catch. I give this show probably a 7.4 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> but I will probably not watch it again. Really? Yep. Okay. I have a backlog that needs to be filled. I, this show is goofy in a good way. If that's what you're looking for, this hits that point for me. I don't see it so much as a serious show other than a funny show trying to spin serious plot points periodically. Bob, you, you fail to understand the true nature of the, the anime watcher. You, I know, to build you, up a backlog. You know, it's not just to build up a backlog. It's to build up a never-ending backlog. The backlog it's, is inescapable. Yeah, the, the backlog... There is no decision is, to it. Yes. One well, doesn't know which came first, the anime or the backlog. Scientists have argued this for years. I don't know that this is a show that I would go back to. That's fair. I can it, I can see that. Honestly. I appreciate it for what it is. It doesn't know what it is. So that being said, would you like some spoilers about where this show goes? Sure. Oh wait, do I get to interject and say no? I mean, yeah, no. If if you're if you're interested in watching, I, I, I will leave it. And I realize this kind of flies in the face of everything I said earlier about. I don't typically care about spoilers, <laughs> but honestly, the more I've thought about episode fourteen, it's like, no, no, I've got some theories, and I need to know if they play out. Okay, but if I'm not spoiling this now, I need you to take a note, and when you get through this show, I need you to start doing the Desco updates. You know, unlike Bob, I think I can commit to that bit. Yes, all right. I'm going to add that to our our outro process on our 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 doc. Going to hold you to it. All right. And then we have, I believe, theme songs. Yes. So, uh let let's talk about you get to burning. I I feel that they need a medicine if they got burning. Is that the main theme's name? That is the main theme's name. You get to burning. It's, I always forget about it, but as far as I'm concerned, it may be like the top five things about this show is that intro song. I would put this one at seven. I'll push down Trigun. Okay, so below Neo Getter versus Shin Getter and above Trigun. Interesting. Yep. Um, you get to burning. Uh, and what is this? This is Nabisco. 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 Um, but yeah, now we have the weird technicality. Where do you rate the Geki Gengar 3 theme? You ready? Okay. Push down Nabisco. <laughs> I'm actually happy about that. Oh, that is beautiful. Because I'm going to lie. It, it was the, so classic. It just, you know. Mm -hmm. the, the Nabisco theme, honestly, has kind of been like, eh, it's, it's there. It absolutely is a theme, is my feelings on it. So seeing that get knocked down by its own insert show theme <laughs> makes me so happy. 
it's it's just funny to me because looking at our list, you know, now we have Geki Gengar at seven. Neo versus Shin Getter is at six, but like G Gundam is at ten. Big O, well, Big O doesn't really count, but like, I mean, O Eight MS team is all the way down at sixteen at this point. Oh no, our 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 song list is going to be longer than our our episode list now because we had a, a double. That's fine. Oh man, I actually kind of I kind of dig that just because of the chaos it invites. Yeah, that's kind of great. Then if we were to put Rory on the Android list of our waifus, I don't think there's even a fight. There better not be. There isn't. She is just number one all the way. And I love Melfina. So I love yes, Melfina. You you are not wrong, Bob. This is the correct. You have chosen wisely. Like she's just. She I just see you smile. I, I guess we're all idiots down here. Yeah, uh-huh. I love. I, oh, you <laughs> you saw my note. I love that. I was like, I guess we're all idiots down here. And I'm like, you 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 need to live through this series or else. There is. Else. So, it's a good thing Rory's like one of the best girls because she also gets like. For, for being like a bridge crew side character, I think she gets like the most like episodes surrounding her because I need to correct you. Okay. Not one of the right. Okay. Um, there is an episode about the ship's AI, like to use it Halo. Has an AI? <laughs> To, to, well, you know, it, it has like a, I guess it's kind of OS is an AI. It, it's, it's not like sentient, but it is like, you know, it's got algorithms. Um, okay. but like to use the Halo parlance, it starts showing signs of rampancy. And there's this, <laughs> it's just like, huh, why did it decide to go that way? And, but Ruri being, you know, uh, uh, you know, Android coded, Android waifu coded. Um, she, the entire episode is about her like snapping back at all of the like Nergal engineers who are like, Oh, we got to flash the ROM and reset the AI. And, and she's like, no, he will be different. If you do that, don't do that to my friend. And they just look at her and it's like, well, she is friends with the AI who controls all the missiles on the ship, so maybe we'll leave it alone. <laughs> this is data and the exocomps from next gen all over again. Yeah, that's uh this show's all right. This show's got a <laughs> Yo, pr- props for, you know, a- a- AI rights. Yeah. Um like Bob, when when you were saying that I I made this show sound like it was bland, like huh? It's hard to explain, like, it's such a, as you put yeah, it, like, it's a combination of things, and yeah, I don't want to put itself, it on the list. The premise itself is kind of, like, you figure, oh, it's something that's, like, curbing from a bunch of other shows, it's just gonna be, like, references and no substance. I, I think I think maybe bland is the wrong word. Now, now that I've, I've revisited these couple of episodes, I think the word is just flat. You because... gave me the impression this show was bad. Really? Lie. Yeah, like yeah, I was genuinely like, concerned. I got into this weeks. thinking, oh, and then to watch it, it is enjoyable. It's just, yeah, it, it like it like doesn't it doesn't make sense on paper because it is like, oh yeah, no, it's kind of built piecemeal. It kind of has these weird pacing problems. It's it, you know, it, all of these things. But like, 
it is so chock full of like moments and character moments and like relatable like um episode one when when Akito is biking and he's complaining about like how come I can't keep a job at a cook? No one says I gotta go fight. What's wrong with me wanting to be just like a coward that I am? Like even small moments like that are really like well written and resonate. So it's it's like this the pitch on paper is very like bland. And when you watch it because of the pacing stuff, because of how like flat a lot of characters are as byproduct of going really hard on being a, a harem show that is just like standard for harem shows. Like I would call it flat. Like it, it doesn't have a lot of for, for as much tone whiplash as it has, it doesn't really have peaks in valleys. It is very constant throughout, but the stuff in there that is constant is just like, yeah, all right. It is. It's like a big bag of popcorn. Like, is it, is it really like satisfying? No. Is it, you know, are, are you going to find like a, a crouton or a tomato in there to really spice up the flavor palette? No, it's popcorn all the way through. But you know what? Popcorn's pretty nice. Hey, as someone who just worked his way through a bag of popcorn the other day, how dare you? No, no, no. That, that, that's just what I'm saying. Like, like you say popcorn and it's just like, it's corn that's been heated. It It's on paper. It sounds so bland, but like, yo, yeah, I should go butter, make some popcorn. Yeah, no, uh, you salt. It doesn't mean it's not a good time. Extra salt. It does mean it's not a good time. Blech. Meh. Bob has poor <laughs> food tastes. Um, Bob's takes on food are concerning. Do we have any that's horses? A, I don't think there are any horses. Yeah, is the Nabisco a horse? I mean, it has four appendages of sorts? Branches off the main body? Or appendages. That just sounds horrible. And if it has a, some, a simulated intelligence bordering on AI rampancy? No, it, mean, it never, like, speaks, is the thing. Oh, okay. It is just sort of I mean, about, like, don't speak. when you search, what search results do it return? And it's only really in that one episode where they really deal with it and, okay. and suggest it. Um, yeah, I guess there's no horses. I'm, I'm trying to remember, because the Nadesco is very clearly a white base. Oh, yes. And I'm trying to remember if White Base, for some reason in my mind, one of the other Gundam shows has a, a White Base equivalent that has like a name of a famous horse or something like that. I, maybe um, I'm making that. I don't know why that horse connection to White Base is in there. It might just be the name of the ship. I don't recall any of the ships having an AI. Maybe or, I'm th- or anything bordering it. Maybe I'm thinking of Gundam Unicorn because a unicorn is just like a horse with a big tooth. Yes, it is. It is the four legged. Also nicknamed the Trojan Horse. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, white base. Where is it on the ranking of horses? Maybe it's one of the military starship. No, we're not putting this on the horse list. No, 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 no. All right, fine. Okay, fine, 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 fine. We'll Uh, allow a moped. Because it is stuck to ground traversal, so therefore it counts as a horse. All right, so that is Martian successor Nadesco. We have tallied the tallies, we have ranked the ranks. Now it's time to talk about next time. You know what's really good this time of year? Summer break. (laughs) You know what's really good during summer break? Seeing movies. (laughs) 
we okay. Just, we just finished our uh, old head anime tier, which puts us at the halfway point of our total list in terms of number of shows watched, not number of categories. Um, so we think it'd be a fun time to take a break and watch a movie instead of a whole show to talk about. Um, specifically one that we watched in this category. Uh, a spinoff, if you will. Yeah, we think it would be great to subject you to an example of Western media making a movie out of an anime. Okay. Bob, you like muscle down men, don't you? You like yeah. gladiator films? <laughs> um. Mm -hmm. This is going somewhere. Please take me on this trip. We are going to subject you to the live action Fist of the North Star movie. Beep, beep. Live Bob, get action. In the truck. We're going to the desert. Live action, Western produced. Yeah. Oh, goody. This is going to be like they made that Just... Dragon Ball movie and some people yeah. got upset because ah. of. Uh, oh, yeah. Casting. Bob gets to experience what it's like to watch anime and then see it handled by Americans in live action. Handled That's what we'll say, or... handled. Yeah, no, handled or molested. Handled. Okay. I wasn't going to lead him, but since we're doing that, butchered mercilessly. Uh, Format-wise, we are probably going to naturally do a little different type of episode. Um, I hope you all like MST3K. <laughs> I do. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, with that to look forward to, uh, we're going to get out of here for this week. So I want to thank everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you next time. Get in the Jeep, Bob. We're going. Deep in the Weebs is a show by Chuck, Nick, Joe, and Bob. Our theme music is Kawaii Friends by Cotty 3 You can find our show on YouTube or subscribe to the audio-only version on iTunes or wherever podcasts are served. Okay. <laughs> Try my lemonade. <laughs> you know, I hear around the corner you can get some. Never mind. I call it <laughs> rocket fizz. <laughs> it probably wouldn't be fizzy. I mean, doctor said it's carbonate okay. anything in those soda streams. But I mean, if it comes out carbonated, you got some sort of microbial issue. That just means you're kind of part soda stream, and isn't that really the get? <laughs> Can it be a different part, please? I know. What part do you want to be different? What part of you do you want to be replaced by a soda stream? Think carefully just, on your answer. I'm just picturing a tube coming out, connecting to a carbonated or one of those carbon tanks. Tear ducts. <laughs> I cry seven up. But imagine how cool it would feel to have to, when you reload the... The CO2 <laughs> oh, oh. Right up the nose. <laughs>
<laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah, now that we've officially derailed the derailing. 